raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Holly freaking Louyah. You're not kidding. It is here, Draft Day 2023. Good Thursday morning to you. Kevin Bowen, Jay Query, and Mark Dykton. Um, it looks like a pretty nice spring afternoon. Uh, the camera wasn't on? Your camera's not working. Well, now, Jake already. No, I'm looking at it. It's kind of no, hold on, hold on. in mayo a little bit. Let me, from, let me just from yesterday. Let me just interject here to say this: on this program, we have two people. One of which that would be me. You know, via branding, whatever you want to call it. I think if there was one area that people would say, like, what what does Jake cover more than anything else? Whatever, it'd probably be like the Indy 500. For Kevin, it would be the NFL draft. Like. As a matter of fact, yesterday one of the TV stations reached out to me to try to get a hold of Kevin to talk about the NFL draft. Like th- that is Kevin Bowen is the guy that probably knows more about the NFL draft than anyone in this town. So how perfect would it be on draft morning that his camera doesn't work? Mm-hmm. A little, little mayo <laughs> residue I'm seeing around the camera lens here. It was the plop. Yeah, on this Thursday morning. Joey already has turned <laughs> off his radio. <laughs> Uh, we'll have Matt Taylor on at 8.30, Zach Kiefer at 9 o'clock, and uh, we'll also play some audio from Kansas City. Uh, the quarterbacks are already there for the draft, and some interesting comments, indie-related from, I would say, each of the three. I think we can kind of isolate Bryce Young into uh, Frank Reich in Carolina now, but we'll can play... We? Uh, so, well, yeah, I guess we'll find out for good in about 13 hours, but I find it very fitting that... Uh, amidst the Indy 500 decorations in this studio. It looks like a really nice spring morning here in Indy. And Jake, I'll, I'll probably say this several times throughout the show today, but I think this is a day that Colts fans should look at and be excited. Um, it's an injection of life. It's some hope. And at the most important position in sports, you're going to take a guy that for the first time in, I would say, quite a while, is not like depreciating, if you will. You, you, you don't have a deteriorating asset at quarterback. You have a guy that uh, potentially um, could help you change the shape of the franchise right now, which has not been going in a good path here in recent seasons. And basically, um, you're going to try and go down the path that you have to go down if you want to be good for whatever, five to seven, uh, in all hope, ten years. That's certainly the hope. No doubt about that. The the big question, of course, being which way is it going to go? Because that's the fascinating thing about the quarterback position, Kevin. There is no guarantee, no matter how high up you take them. You know, we have seen drafts in the past where there have been, you know, four or five quarterbacks that were – a big quarterback class and you're thinking okay you know which one's it going to be and oftentimes one of them hits a couple of them are okay and then one is a disaster so you've got to hope that the law of averages on is on your side and that's that's the real thing to watch here it's going to be fascinating it's going to be a quarterback I don't think there's any doubt about that but which one's it going to be and thank goodness tomorrow we'll have the answer yeah and again there are no guarantees to your point you got a lot of work to do after making the selection of the draft pick but 
in my mind, finally, the Colts are going to try to go down the right path. And the right path is drafting a quarterback, molding that quarterback, building a team with that quarterback on a cheap-ish rookie deal, and then seeing if you can have some sort of, again, five to ten year um, level of sustained success. I think as a fan, I don't want to speak for everybody, but as a fan of a professional sports franchise, I think what you're trying to get, Jake, is you're trying to get some sort of decade-long run to where you feel like on an annual basis you've got a legit shot. And you got to go back to what, 2018, since Colts fans have felt that? Yeah. And even then, you still had the elephant in the room of Andrew well, Luck's injuries. But Kevin, I certainly hope that no one is under the anticipation, and I think there are a lot of people that will be, understandably, but I hope that people are not under the expectation, and maybe this does become the case. I, we shall see. But I hope people are not expecting that this is an immediate answer. No, 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 no. I, I, I want to make it clear I'm not saying that. Well, I don't mean you, but I think there are people that probably think that, right? I would hope that's a very small minority. I mean, is it possible that whoever they draft sits behind Gardner Minshew for the year? Certainly. Certainly, yeah. Um, and, you know, obviously you'll see how that rookie assimilates to Shane Steichen and the NFL in general when you throw him into the fire. All of those things will be storylines to watch. Um, and, you know, you've seen, if you look at the past probably five or six Super Bowls, you'll see several Super Bowl teams with rookie contract quarterbacks. So it doesn't happen in year one, but at some point um, it is possible to get here. And as beautiful as this morning is, there's nothing more beautiful than playing the AFC South. And if you look at all the other divisions in the AFC, uh, none of them are as easy as what it looks like here. So I know Jacksonville, of course, is in a much different state than they were in this time last year, but Houston and Tennessee, I think their markets look at Indianapolis in a pretty similar light. You know what, Kevin, the Colts should hope for? And the this is a very rare trait. And it's a trait that I don't know that you even know that you have it until it unfolds in front of you. I don't know that you can predict it. The Colts need to hope that whoever they draft, whether it be quarterback, whatever position it might be, somewhere in the draft, has the mentality, the gamesmanship, the dog in them like Jimmy Butler. That guy, Mm -hmm. you know, the Miami Heat, I think Eric Spolstra can just flat-out coach, and they're healthy now, and they're dangerous. But when you have a guy like Jimmy Butler that you can basically just say, let's go. Like, we will ride you and and just get on your back, and and let's just go. And he's like, okay, cool. He doesn't – he's not a guy that – you know, he's not Dylan Brooks out there – talking all the time he's not the kind of guy that's like i'll be there you watch i guarantee you, we won't be coming back it's we're going to close out what he just goes out and plays and that guy just finds buckets man competitor um absolute competitor uh intensity and last night he did it again back in his college hometown uh the heat upset the bucks 
in one of the more special fourth quarters you'll you'll ever see. Uh, Miami down 16 in the fourth quarter. They set an NBA record for the biggest comeback in a fourth quarter to clinch a series. How about an eight seed winning a series four to one? Yeah, I mean, and again, I. And Giannis played in two of the. I mean, he did the last two games, and in game one, the Heat were up ten when Giannis exited. So you know who knows how that game would have unfolded the rest of the way. But you know, I, I don't want this to be like, oh, you know, Giannis was banged up, and it would have been a totally different series. Miami uh, again won two, maybe two and a half games if you want to go there with Giannis in the lineup. Uh, Jimmy Butler makes this off balance, like falling away shot pretty much at the buzzer to force the game into overtime and they win the game in OT 42 for him Bam Adebayo with 20 10 and 10 and now channel your Jeff Van Gundy Pat Riley days we've got the Heat and the Knicks in an Eastern Conference semifinals how about that man all we need is Jeff Van Gundy just hanging on to the leg of um Morning, right? I think it was Alonzo Morning. Yeah, I think that's right. Picturing like Oakley and Vashawn yeah. Leonard getting into it at one. Tim Hardaway maybe getting into it. Are our Sacramento Kings done? Oh man, beautiful yeah. opportunity last night in a critical game five, and now they're down three two. And I mean, this was to be expected, and you know, kudos to him for even trying to play. But you look at De'Aaron Fox, nine of twenty five, six turnovers. You know, when they have won games in this series, and even when they lost, Fox has been absolutely incredible. He plays through the finger injury. Obviously not a very efficient night. That series now goes back to Golden State for Game 6, where the Warriors have been, uh, I think, 14 of 15. They've won there at home. So I think when Sacramento looks back on this series, they'll point to Game 3 and Game 4. Because how about Draymond last night? I mean, Dylan Brooks continues to be no-shows even when the Grizzlies win. But Draymond Green, <laughs> 21 off the bench. You know, if... Yeah, the only time he's a no-show is when he's not allowed to show up, right? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. You get out of here, sir. <laughs> so we finally have a road win in that Warriors series. They go up 3-2. Again, the Knicks close out the Cavs. I mean, the Knicks just really controlled that series. I don't think for one second you ever felt like, oh yeah, Cleveland's going to win this series. Right. Jalen Brunson, a lot of balance last night for them. The trade of Josh Hart. I, I know in this market, it's not really like, you know, are the Knicks likable? But, I mean, I, I kind of enjoy Jalen Brunson. The Knicks are very likable in every way, shape, and form, excluding the owner. Yeah. I mean, Jim Dolan is like the yeah, Daniel that, Snyder of the NBA. That'd be like the Commanders making a run with Correct. a likable quarterback Correct. or something along. But I mean, the Garden. Lines. Have you been to the Garden? No, it's oh, on the bucket list. I mean, it's there's just something about it, man. You take the take the train into the Garden, and I mean, it's like being a kid again. And I love seeing how passionate that their fan base is. Uh, just their second series win since 2000. So we have two semifinal matchups. We've got the Nuggets and the Suns out west. And then in the East, we will have either the Heat or the Knicks playing for the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, tonight, it'll be Celtics and Hawks. That is a Game 6 in Atlanta. And then we will get to a Game 6 with Golden State and Sacramento out West. That will be a Friday, 8 o'clock tip. The Lakers trying to close it out on their home floor against the Grizzlies will happen at 10.30 on Friday night. So just no. one game tonight, that'll be 8.30, Celtics and Hawks. If the Hawks advance, I mean, they're not going to, 
But if the Hawks upset the Celtics, I feel like we need a Hawks sound effect. Oh, I'm sure I have one of those from the March Madness. Ask and you the, shall receive. Well, what team in March Madness was there a Hawks? I think well, there's like a the St. Joe mascot. Were the Hawkeyes there? I don't remember. The Hawkeyes were probably there, yeah. St. Joe's, they're the, they're the Hawks. I feel like but they Iowa in typically it, right? doesn't make it very long, though. The Hawkeye doesn't stay in the air very long. <laughs> that is true. Oh, Actually, beautiful, the, Mark. The Iowa Hawkeyes are kind of the Atlanta Hawks of the of the of college basketball, right? Yeah, I think that's, that's <laughs> like a, by, by the time you realize what's going on. Hey, going, what's coming from that hawk? Oh, oh gross! <laughs> oh, okay. Speaking of the Hawkeyes, change my shirt now. Uh, Xavier Johnson, Jake, back to Indiana. The medical waiver that um, you mentioned really back, I guess, late February when they made the announcement that Xavier Johnson would not play the rest of the season. That goes through. So he is, that's year six, right, for him in college basketball? Yeah. Uh, so he will play for a sixth season in Bloomington. Uh, the volatility of Xavier Johnson speaks for itself, but boy, does Indiana just need somewhat of a proven you know, ball handler, don't give the ball to a freshman for 38 minutes a night sort of feel. Much needed for Indiana, and at the same time, they still need to be very hunger, hungry uh, in the portal. Well, the, I mean, at this point, doesn't the portal feel like you'd be getting kind of the pick-through leftovers? I, I mean, yeah, I hate to say I, it that way, but... I was thinking about it, though... I think where they could potentially, it's not going to be a big pool of candidates, but they could potentially get some portal additions. You see, I don't know the amount of guys that do this, but there are a decent amount of players that declare for the NBA draft while also announcing that if I come back to school, I'm in the transfer portal. So do you get guys that have entered the draft, end up withdrawing from the draft, don't want to go back to the school that they were at, so now they're in the portal? I know that's probably not a ton, but I think that is a pool of a little bit, hopefully, for Indiana's sake, like better talented players you can try and go after. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, you know, I Maybe think... it's a stretch. No, that, that's, that's fair. I, if you look at Indiana's roster and you look at the departures, you know, the, the outgo and the income, I mean, you lose Trace Jackson Davis... You lose Race Thompson. You lose Jalen Hood Shafino. Who else am I missing here? Cop. You, you lose Miller Cop. You lose Geronimo, right? Yeah. 61 of the 69 points against Miami. Some would argue how big of a loss maybe uh, a Tamar Bates would be. but um, And Tamar Bates, who's now at Missouri. Yeah, Galloway okay. and Renew were the two that played in that game that so, are returning. So of those, I mean, you're talking about, and again, not not just because of transfers. I mean, don't get me wrong, but you're talking about six pieces, five of which are were pretty significant over the course of the year. All six of them at some point were significant. You are replacing them with a guy that was giving you 16 minutes and six points a game for a double-digit loss team and a... Six-year returning player who is a dynamic offensive player, but also somewhat unpredictable and at times can shoot you out of games. And that's it. That's the only two pieces you have really incoming. And then obviously recruits. But And you're going to need some in-roster development. C.J. Gunn, Caleb Banks, these are guys that you've got to see well, you, take jumps. 
and Malik Renew as well, right? Sure. I mean, he showed flashes. Yeah. Towards the end of the year, he looked like he Renew. You feel better show. about right. Banks and Gone? Just you know, based off minutes, didn't get you know anywhere near that amount of look as a freshman. But it beats the alternative. Don't get me wrong. Getting Xavier Johnson back, you know, it beats finding out that he's not going to be available because yeah. it is it is consistent and reliable scoring. Yeah. Well, well yeah. reliable maybe is, but but. You know what you have a pretty good idea what you're getting. Yeah, he when when he is on, I mean he's an all conference type of guard for you without question. You don't make the tournament without him, you know, back a couple of seasons ago. Um but if you just look at his sample size from when he played this year, Jake, I mean he was great against Xavier. A huge road win for Indiana. Uh, you know, easily one of their best wins of the season. And then you look at Rutgers in Arizona and he was awful. And that's just kind of the Xavier Johnson experience to a degree. And now you are going to put much more on his plate. You know, it's not going to be Jalen Hutchifino and Trace Jackson Davis and Ray Thompson and Miller Cop. I mean, he is going to be the lead guy. Every late clock experience is going to be in Xavier Johnson's hands. And that, to me, would uh, that would have Dr. Mottman on line one for me. <laughs> Fair enough. Dr. Mottman running the mini with me, by the way, a week from Saturday. Here we go. Yeah. Now, the Lions are going where tonight? Are they going defense? Boy. Are they going quarterback? They can go anywhere, right? Where are the Lions? Where are they drafting? Seattle at five, Detroit at six. Do either of them take a QB? Do they look at the Geno Smith, Jared Goff and say, boy, behind a closed door, we have some honest opinions about... Seattle would be the one in particular, because how old is Geno Smith? I know they just signed into a bigger deal, but... Mark, will you look that up? 32 would be my guess for Geno. I think a lot of the guarantees are kind of Jared early. Thirty in that Goff and Wentz were the same draft, right? I'd say Goff's a little right. younger, probably twenty-eight something Geno's, around there. Geno Smith is thirty-two, and Jared Goff. If he's twenty-eight, I'll be impressed here that Kevin went two for two. Yeah, this was probably Maddie's going to be like, "Will you ever pay attention to me?" <laughs> When's my birthday, Kevin? Uh, uh, Jared Goff is twenty-eight. Oh, jeez. Okay. I would ask such a nerd. I would ask Jake to for my birthday, but Mark, we know where that's going to go. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, born in 1982, Kevin. Yeah, uh-huh. born in 1978. Yep. Yep. So uh, uh-huh. on that end, uh, again, Matt Taylor going to join us at 8:30, 9 o'clock. It will be uh, Zach Kiefer. I tweeted out last night, Jake, just a few things I want to see out of the Colts here in this draft. Uh, obviously, the first one speaks for itself. Finally, time to take a QB swing. You owe it to your organization. Uh, I'm not holding my breath for this one. Uh, Shane Sykin should be the biggest QB decision maker in that room. Should be. Um, again, not holding my breath necessarily, uh, but he should be. I mentioned it a few times this week. I think late tonight, if that board starts to fall in a particular way, you don't close the door on trading back into round one for a premium position. I- I'm tired of hearing about roster depth. Tired of it. You need more high-end talent on your roster. So premium position, if a guy falls, go there. Uh, and then lastly, I just think other positions of need, non-quarterback, throwing a speedy wide out, throwing a couple corners, need a linebacker at some point, uh, and then some offensive linemen as well. I have a question about Shane Steichen that I'll, I'll ask you coming up in about 15 minutes. Because there's one thing with Shane Steichen that I was thinking about yesterday, uh, not a knock on him at all. But I wonder how much of a factor it could be in the decision-making process tonight. Uh, The Colts will draft at approximately what time, Kevin? 
So eight o'clock is when things get underway. What you know, Goodell usually does some song and dance where he's eating barbecue on stage in Kansas City. What I'll Carolina take, will go on the clock at like taking all the booze. Give yeah. me all the booze. That's B O O S. Yeah, he's not drinking. They're not saying boo. They're saying boo earns. Well, that one year he was in his basement, you know, eating M and M's during the COVID draft. Oh yeah. Um, I would guess eight forty ish. Ten minutes per pick. Is that right? Mm-hmm. So you've got four to go. Um, or they would be the fourth pick. Yeah, I would say right around 840 for the Colts. Again, um, picks in rounds one and two, their own. They have Washington's pick in the middle of round three. They have their own pick in four. They have three picks in round five, none in six, two and seven. I know our audience might have missed it because it was the end of the show yesterday, and maybe we were they were just mayoed out, frankly, at that point. So I was. Um, did you guys find it interesting at all, like, how bullish John McClain covers the Texans has done over four decades covered the Houston franchise that uh, he thinks will love us at number two. He certainly thinks quarterback. I mean, there's yeah. no doubt about that, mm-hmm. you know, which is it, a domino that we've talked about of, okay, what will Houston do at two and the ramifications for the Colts at four. And yeah. he was adamant, right? Cause everything we've heard is the Texans don't know what they're doing. They might skip. And he's like, no, they know what they're doing. Like he, he was kind of like the steady, the steady ship in the, he, he basically said, Look, the Houston Texans know what they're doing just because the guys and gals who are paid to cover them don't know what they're doing doesn't mean the Texans right. don't. That's basically what he said, right? Yeah, I found that interesting. Obviously, under that scenario, that would take Bryce Young and Will Levis off the board at one and two, and then number three, I'd be curious what type of calls Arizona would be fielding for C.J. Stroud interest, or I guess Anthony Richardson interest. Because uh, at that point, two QBs are off, two are left, and the Colts could be just having one given to them, but not necessarily being able to pick from one of the two. So you, that's a scenario we can get into. Do you think before the draft coverage starts, we'll have word that there's been a draft day trade for number three? Well, it's a great question, Mark. Um, I would say no. I, it, unless it kind of leaks what Houston is doing. Mm-hmm. Therefore, the team that's trading up knows exactly what it would look like at three. I, I found it wild, and Todd McShay tweeted this earlier in the week, there has not been a draft day trade within the top ten in the last four years. So we've gotten to this Thursday night, and the picks in the single digits have gone as they are right now. Obviously, last year the big trade was, what, middle of round one? That was the A.J. Brown trade? <laughs> that really worked out well for the Titans, didn't it? Yeah, you want to talk about a trade that is a clear winner? I think the Eagles got that one. Yeah, I think so, too. Uh, we will get you caught up on what happened last night in the world of sports on the other side. And then coming up, some interesting comments from not one, not two, but three potential draft picks for the Colts tonight and a couple more questions looking deeper into it. Again, Matt Taylor at 8.30, Zach Kiefer at 9 o'clock hour on a day that is supposed to be overcast later today but for right now you are hoping that the Colts draft looks more like right now than what the day is going to look like around noon or so because I think it's going to be a little more overcast but bright and sunny here at 20 after 7 23 after 7 on a Thursday morning good morning to you it is Kevin and Corey 93.5175 the fan there were four games in the association last night none of them more exciting than Miami and Milwaukee as the Heat were trying to eliminate the Bucks. they were down 16 late and then Jimmy Butler amongst others, did Jimmy Butler things, hitting a key basket late that allowed Miami to get into overtime where they defeated Milwaukee 128-126. Here's how it sounded with one of Jimmy Butler's heroics. 
Over the top to Butler. Open in! Jimmy Butler ties the game with a half second to go. What a play call. Milwaukee had a timeout and did That was from NBA TV. So the Heat go on to win 128-126. Butler had 42. Gabe Vincent, 22. Bam Adebayo, 20 points, 10 boards, 10 assists. Kevin Love, 15 points, 13 boards. That's what Miami does is they just have these pieces that come at you and the way Eric Spolster draws things up, different players arise game in, game out. Giannis, the question for Giannis last night after a 38.20 rebound performance. Sure, he's gotten a ring in Milwaukee, but this year getting bounced by an eight seed. Giannis, does that mean that technically this year was a failure? Do you view this season as a failure? <sighs> oh, my God. Uh... You asked me the same question last year, Eric. Okay, uh, do you get do you get a promotion every year on your job? No, right. So every year you work is a failure. Yes or no? No. Every every year you work, you work towards something, towards a goal, right? Which is to get a promotion, to be able to uh, take care of your family, to be able I don't know, um, provide the house for them or take care of your parents. You work towards a goal. It's not a failure. It's steps to success. Michael Jordan played 15 years, won six championships. The other nine years was a failure? That's what you're telling me? No, I'm asking you a question. Yes or no? Okay, exactly. So why are you asking me that question? It's a wrong question. There's no failure in sports. Yeah, I, boy, that's a lot there. Um, I don't know. If failure is too harsh for Giannis, how can it not be viewed as anything other than utter disappointment? Has a one well, seed ever lost four? He was asked the question because that's a great answer, but you don't get that great answer without the question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I don't mind the question at all. Um, again, Milwaukee loses as the one seed four one. The Heat will take on the Knicks in an Eastern Conference semifinal out west last night. You had the Grizzlies keep their season alive. Uh, they are down three two now. Game six will be Friday. The other game six on Friday will be the Warriors and the Kings for the first time in that series. We saw a road team win. De'Aaron Fox had twenty five, but it took him a whole lot of shots, and he had six turnovers as he tried to play through that injury. Uh, so the Warriors up three two with a chance to clinch on their home floor Friday tonight. Just one game: Celtics and Hawks in Atlanta. Boston going for the clinch there. Uh, Major League Baseball yesterday, a host of games to talk about, including the Giants. I almost brought a broom in for the Reds. 7 3. How about the Reds? 5 3 over the Texas Rangers. That's a three game sweep. Does it count if it's against the Rangers? Uh, they were actually kind of good coming into this series. Yeah, with, Mark, how much, with how much money the Rangers have spent, yeah, that's, that's a pretty big upset. I'd Mark, say. the audio? Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I have that readily Don't available. look now. Here yeah. come the Red Legs. Yeah, there you go. There Thank you. Go. you. I usually have the other one ready because it's the Reds, so I just assume the worst. Biased Cubs, man. Oh, Cubs really? lost. Yeah, Cubs lost lose. 5-3 they to the did. Padres. Yeah. That's okay. How are things going for the, for the Cubbies? And Mark, I know Second you love place, this. Third place in the NL Central. How about the White Sox? They are an absolute, absolute embarrassment right now. 24 innings without a run. Seven-game losing streak. Not only that... But they they're finishing up with the Blue Jays. They're probably going to get swept by them. Then they have four games again against the Rays, and then the arch rival Twins come to town. So their season could get way worse before we get to May fifth. Can we check in, by the way, on our PBR race? Oh, let's. Uh, I went to go. By the way, last night went to go see Hamilton. Oh, at Mirai. Walked walked in, and there were two signs when you walk into Alexander shotgunning PBRs in the lobby. PBRs, what they sell. You walk in, and there's a there was a huge. Uh, electric sign of like a floating PBR can. Nothing says Hamilton and Broadway like PBR. <laughs> I would not have guessed that. Uh, my A's lost 11-3. to 
Okay. Meanwhile, they have twenty losses. Cute fellow, six-two winner over the Boston Red Sox. It's not even the end of April, and they've lost twenty. Diamondbacks, you got to win up mm-hmm. on JMV's Kansas City Royals. Yep. The right now, don't look, but here come the Orioles. Cute fella, sixteen and eight. Unfortunately, they're in the same division as the Rays, so it puts them three and a half back. But the Orioles at sixteen and eight, your Arizona Diamondbacks leading their division at fourteen and twelve. Gosh, me and JMV just need to bond together. The, the Royals are six and nineteen. <laughs> yeah, and the A's are five and twenty. Do you realize that the Royals and the A's combined have fewer losses than Cute Fella? How about that? I'm telling Unbelievable. you. Unbelievable. Do I do I need to go out and buy myself another Cute Fella hat? You might need to. I've got my Las Vegas A's gear shipping here any day now. Uh, all right, when we come back, uh, by the way, tonight, uh, game four for the Indy Fuel. If you're looking for something to do up at the Coliseum, they'll try to keep their season Here we alive. go. Here we go, guys. You ready? Let's, Let's go, go Fuel. Here we go. Mm-hmm. Uh, Indians, uh, another day game today. I think a little bit of a earlier start uh, than yesterday over at Victory Field. Uh, some interesting audio from the quarterback, C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson, Will Levis, all of them. Spoke to the media yesterday in Kansas City ahead of tonight's draft. We'll play some clips from that. I'll tell you what, C.J. Stroud, if nothing else, he knows his Colts personnel. Uh, we'll talk about that next here on Kevin Aquary. 93- Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. St. Jude treats children across the country and around the world, regardless of color, creed, or financial capability, because they're committed to love and care for their neighbors. Join me in helping St. Jude give every child with cancer the chance they deserve to survive. Together, we can save more lives. Call now to become a partner in hope. 1-800-411-9898. That's 1-800-411-9898. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. St. Jude treats children across the country and around the world, regardless of color, creed, or financial capability, because they're committed to love and care for their neighbors. Join me in helping St. Jude give every child with cancer the chance they deserve to survive. Together, we can save more lives. Call now to become a partner in hope. 1-800-411-9898. That's 1-800-411-9898. The fan. A little over eight hours, excuse me, a little over 12 hours, eight o'clock Eastern time tonight. That's when the draft will get underway uh, at 840-ish. My guess on when the Colts will be on the clock with the number four overall pick. Uh, right now, the quarterbacks, all of them will be in the green room tonight. The uh, Kansas City is where the draft is. Yesterday, several of them made the media rounds. Some interesting comments. Uh, Anthony Calhoun from Wish TV was out in Kansas City, I believe is out in Kansas City, caught up with several of them. Uh, Mark, let's play that C.J. Stroud clip first. Obviously, C.J. Stroud, a lot of questions yesterday related to you know S2 tests, this and that. Um, Calhoun for for those them, unfamiliar, Kevin, in, in the S2 test is this is the latest you know, end-all, be-all test that is done, not over intellect per se, but over reaction time and processing time, correct? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's um, 
I believe so. I mean, there's different like segments to the test. I think there's like six or seven parts to it. Um, and Stroud, you know, as you would understand, you know, tried to downplay, you know, that yesterday, and basically said, you know, watch me on the field. You're going to see a pretty good processor, things like that. The Stroud comments yesterday with Anthony Calhoun more indie and Colts related. Uh, and C.J. Stroud certainly knows his Colt staff. Here was C.J. Stroud yesterday with Anthony Calhoun. It went very well. Coach Stockton is, is a great coach, great man. Um, I had a great time with Cam Turner, the, the quarterback coach, and uh, Chris Bauer, the, the GM, who's who's amazing, man. Checks up on me, makes sure I'm straight. So, um, really, I mean, I, I think it went very well. My um, guy, uh, DC, and, and player development, he was a, a great man. He was I played it well with the coach and the and uh, the Titans. So, me and him had an amazing conversation about just mental stuff, and um, I think that that whole staff is very, very good. Well, we know you know about Indy. Many times Ohio State's there for the Big Ten Championship. But that being said, uh, for the folks back in Indianapolis, what kind of player can they expect from me if you do land in Indy? Yeah, somebody who's going to work work the tail off, man, to get 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 to their bowl, uh, just like Payne Manning did a couple years prior. So um, I'm trying to bring in that same type of work ethic, the same type of grind, the same type of uh, type of um, mindset, and that's something that I think I bring a winner's mindset coming from a winning program, um, and just being myself. I think that's all I can bring: being a man of God, being a hell of a football player, and, and, and being a great man in the community, which I plan to do. C.J. Stroud yesterday with Wish TV. Uh, when he said get to the bowl, I don't, did he? Do you think he meant the Mayo Bowl? <laughs> I was going to say, the, the, I've never heard the Super Bowl referred to as the bowl. I know it, that's probably smart on him. He's getting ahead of. I'm not allowed to say Super Bowl for commercial reasons um, on air. Um, certainly, the Colts have done their homework on C.J. Stroud. I mean, that's clear based off that segment right there. Um, you know, the fact that, you know, he sat down with Cam Turner, their quarterback's coach. David Thornton was the director of player personnel. I, I assume he was referencing there. Um, you know, someone that the Colts think very highly of. You know, think of it more of kind of a, hey, get to know him a little bit more on a personal level away from the football field. Obviously, Chris Boward and Shane Steichen. Uh, I don't know, Jake. Um, any thoughts can, on Can you say that you're a man of God and a hell of a player in the same statement? Is that contradictory at all? Oh, boy, that... that that's probably for a different show. Um. <laughs> um, I, listen, I think there's no secret about the fact that to me, if C.J. Stroud is on the board, that's who you run to take. Uh, he, to me, would they run to take him? I, I think so. What if you're a man of God, you're hell of a player, and you throw a hail mary? That's a trifecta right there. <laughs> Hallelujah! <laughs> that's the tiebreaker, right? Yeah. The Holy <laughs> Trinity is that what that's that is? The tiebreaker. Yeah. Uh, do you know who invented the hail mary? By the way, the term. No. Roger Staubach. Oh, I, I did know that, yeah. Roger Staubach. I believe to Drew Pearson. He said, I just threw it up and said a Hail Mary. Um, I love C.J. Stroud's game. I think that he is, honestly, I think he's the guy that's the most ready to plug in and play. And I think he's got size. I think he's got mobility. And again, I think it's a very... Uh, appropriate question to ask whether or not his ability at Ohio State put him at a disadvantage in the NFL because now he is going to have to get used to throwing to receivers that are not two and a half steps ahead of their competition all the time. That That's the big question mark mm-hmm. for sure. Sure. Um, you had mentioned earlier before we hear from some of the other players, Kevin, let me begin by asking you this. You had mentioned that you thought Shane Steichen should have 
the most influence on which quarterback is selected yes. for the obvious uh-huh. reasons. And I totally understand that. But allow me to ask you this. You, okay, when you began this job, you had worked in, you know, you, you had written some stuff. You had worked for the Colts. You got the opportunity here. You were writing on the website. And then you began doing essentially guest spots on different radio shows before essentially they they gave you the opportunity to be a host on one of the main programs, correct? Yeah. Mm -hmm. When you first – you now have been doing this in terms of being – your name and the title of the show for over a you know close to two years, right? Yeah, July. Uh-huh. If if our boss came to you today and said, "Hey, give us your viewpoints on how you want to approach uh, the upcoming in the fall, the upcoming cold season in terms of things we want to do on the air," would you say that you are more comfortable voicing your opinions about that now than you were nineteen months ago? Yeah, probably. Okay. Uh-huh. Shane Steichen has been given the opportunity of a lifetime that he's never had before. Sean Payton can go into places right now and say, "I want this quarterback. That's who I'm. This is who we're taking, guys. This is who I got to rally around." Pete Carroll could probably go right now and say, uh, "You know, if Pete Carroll were to leave Seattle and then tomorrow Tampa hires him, he can go into Tampa and say, uh, i 'I'm in charge of personnel here, guys. Here's what we're doing.'" Shane Steichen's been given the opportunity of a lifetime. He is a young guy who, for the very first time, is an NFL head coach. Quite frankly, Shane Steichen is, you know, you 19 months ago or me when I first started in my last radio job, whatever it might be. Well, for that matter, me here 19 months ago. You, 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 you have a different mindset when you are brand new. The, the water temperature is as cold for Shane Steichen right now as it is for whatever quarterback they bring in. He is also in an acclimation period with his bosses, with the guys that signed his check, with the guys that gave him, gave him an opportunity. Does that even if Shane Steichen is emphatic about one of these quarterbacks, does it in any way, shape, or form factor into the level of volume that he has in a meeting when he is talking to the guys that have given him this chance? You know, it's a totally understandable question, and I'd be foolish or very naive not to act like there isn't some of that at play. But what I would do to Jim Irsay and Chris Boward is, and especially Irsay, just play back Jim Mercer's comments at the introductory press conference introducing Shane Steichen as the new head coach. When Jim Mercer goes on and on and on about the quarterback background of Shane Steichen and how beyond impressed he was when they met with him in Philadelphia, and Jim specifically met with him one-on-one in Philadelphia, and ask him, you know, can you put your ego to the side to a degree and let him get the majority of the say. Again, I'm not naive to act like that's definitely going to happen, but I think if those two, Ursay and Ballard, were totally honest with themselves, Shane Steichen walking into the Colts head coach is a lot different than what my resume looked like walking into this job two Julys ago. Right. You know, you hired him for a specific reason, 
And a big, big part of that was because the quarterback carousel has not worked out and you have a top five pick and you need to get that position right. So I think when you factor that in, you can look at and say, you get the big chunk of this call. Our friend Brian Kelly from the shop in Indy, who is a big Ohio State fan, does point out, by the way, uh, Anthony is clearly forgetting that C.J. Stroud actually has not played in a Big Ten title game in Indianapolis. <laughs> it does feel like they're here every single year. Uh, the next quarterback that Anthony got a north, chance right? to talk to, that's right, the school up north, right? Uh, Will Levis of Kentucky. Also, Anthony caught up with him in Kansas City. Again, this is courtesy of Wish TV. I asked you about Indianapolis and you getting ready to meet them. You had a smile on your face. How did it go? How did the meeting go with Chris Ballin? It was great. We had a, we had a private workout and we had a quick meeting beforehand. Um, you know, they gave us like a part of a playbook to like study and memorize. And I felt like, I mean, did really well with that and made a good impression at the private workout and then had a top 30 a couple weeks after that. And uh, it was great. Connected with everyone in that organization and, and was definitely one of my favorite visits I had. Yeah. So for the folks back in Indy that are watching this, what can they expect from you if you are indie bound? I mean, you're going to get a hard worker. Um, you're going to get someone who's going to just put their head down and grind for, I mean, the first period of time that I get there. And uh, someone I feel like who's going to get into the locker room and, and just be a good dude for, for these guys and um, just hopefully represent an organization uh, in the best way possible with just who I am as a person as well. But, I mean, an efficient player, a tough player, um, someone who can make all the throws. And uh, we'll see, but I'm really looking forward to, you know, yeah, doing my job. Just once, I want somebody to be like, "Oh man, you're going to get a guy that's just totally cashed in." Like, I got the check. I'm, I'm picking up tabs in Broderpool and on Mass Ave, and uh, you know, isn't that you, kind you of the, see me on the golf course before you see me on the football? Field. Isn't that kind right. of the story that like Ryan Leaf had to debunk this week? Like, Polian said that Leaf told him, "If you draft me, I'm going to go to Vegas for a week. I got a party planned with my buddies." That's what Polian said, and Leaf totally had to be like, "That was not true." Now. Well, Ryan Leaf, if you recall, is the one that didn't meet with the Colts. So that that would, I re, in matter of fact, I can. I remember the big story. Dave First was the one that had it. He was at the draft in New York, and Dave First was the one that had the scoop of uh, Ryan Leaf skipped the meeting with Bill Polian. He was supposed to have a meeting with him in an interview, and he skipped it. So that actually would um, align with Ryan Leaf. My question on Will Lev with what Ryan Leaf is saying there, I'm saying my question about Will Levis is this, Kevin. What year was the year that Josh Rosen came out? Who were the other quarterbacks in that class? Yeah, I think it was... Uh, was that the Mayfield Baker class? went one, Sam Darnold, Darnold three, Josh Allen, I think it was seven, and then Josh Rosen, ten. Josh Rosen in that draft was undoubtedly the cockiest quarterback of them coming in. He's the one that had the photo in the hot tub in his dorm and... Oh, you know, every team's going to regret not taking me and I'll be the best of this class. And I get, you know, you have to have a self-belief for certain. I, I totally understand that. And you got to kind of pump yourself up. He was the 10th overall pick to Arizona. And then, of course, immediately Arizona, after a year, said, okay, we're going to move on. And they went, shipped him to Miami and took Kyler Murray. Will Levis is a guy that has been in the conversation for a while. He is not a Johnny-come-lately in terms of the quarterback conversation. Big arm, big junior year or, or you know previous year, and then the consistency maybe dipped a little bit. But I do have, if there's one area that I had to critique of him, and again, I'm, I'm going to stand by only because I've said it from the get-go and I believe in staying consistent. I, 
he is the one guy that I've been told or heard repeatedly the Colts have an interest in. Not to say they don't have interest in the others. But is he one that has the biggest potential, Kevin, for the diva mentality doing him in? Yeah, I, I, I continue to kind of hear that. And I'm just a little bit like, I guess you can listen to comments and spin them whichever way you want to. I mean, it... 15-minute podium session, but you know I listen to C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson, and Will Levis, and, and those three in particular. If you wanted to, Jake, you could have walked away from all three of those podium sessions at the Combine, and you could have said, that's the cockiest dude I've ever heard. Or you could have said, man, that's exactly like Peyton Manning tell Bill Pulley, and if you don't draft me, I'm going to kick your ass for the next decade. Like, they all had confident, cocky comments. I mean, those comments from Levis r- r- right there that we just heard, I mean, those are f- fine, like, pretty subdued comments. In my opinion. So I, I guess I'm not like totally, uh, you know, seeing this like, oh, he's too cocky, blah, blah, blah. Obviously, when you sign contracts and commas and zeros are there and advertising and you're on billboards and sides of stadiums, how you handle all of that fame, we'll see what happens. But with Levis, I think it's more of on the field, the big sack numbers, the big turnover numbers. Do you feel like that was more of a product of the environment was just kind of wilting around him and he thought he had to do too much? Whereas his junior year, as you pointed out, Jake, when he had a little bit more talent around him, um, he had a very, very good season. Um, So, yeah, I just, I mean, you could spin Richardson's comments and say that he's cocky as hell. You could spin Stroud's comments and say he's cocky as hell. I think all three of them carry a pretty dominant personality. And that's, I think, the personality that wins a little bit more at quarterback than the other. That's how I kind of view Levis and, and really the other two as well. We'll uh, we'll get into Anthony Richardson when we come back again. Matt Taylor around 8.30. Uh, Zach Kiefer going to join us coming up at 9 o'clock. If I'm not mistaken, I think Zach did a trade-up in the athletics version of the mock draft. So we'll talk with Zach coming up in the 9 o'clock hour. Really nice start to this Thursday here in Indianapolis. It is draft day with the Colts on the clock at number 4 overall tonight. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. When St. Jude opened in 1962, childhood cancer was considered incurable. Since then, St. Jude has helped push the overall survival rate from 20% to more than 80%. St. Jude won't stop until no child dies from cancer. Join me today in supporting St. Jude by calling 1-800-411-9898. That's 1-800-411-9898 to become a partner in hope. Your gift to St. Jude could last a lifetime. Kevin Corey, 93.5-1075, The Fan. It is the 8 o'clock hour in Indianapolis, and it is gorgeous outside. Jake Quarry along with Kevin Bowen, Mark Dykton here as well. NFL Draft Day, a lot to talk about because the NBA playoffs last night were outstanding. Indiana finding out that Xavier Johnson will get another year of eligibility for Mike Woodson's Hoosiers last night. And then, of course, the draft upcoming today. That's been the focus of the conversation this morning. Kevin, one of the things to me that's interesting about the draft is there's always some drama that happens at the 11th hour, right? Remember the year that somebody got a hold of Larry Tunsil's phone and like... <laughs> How was that, that draft? Started sending out... What, what were people doing? What was the reaction? For those that are unfamiliar, that was, um, you know, the offensive lineman out of Ole Miss that was thought to be like a top five to ten pick and 
literally right as the draft got underway looked like a scene from pineapple express yeah he had a you know video was sent out of him wearing a gas mask as a bong basically and he fell he didn't fall out of the first round like mid first round yeah i was gonna say somewhere in the teens like early teens and it's turned out to be a very good player by the way uh in the nfl yeah i mean there usually is that sort of storyline um you know, I think when you've looked at some of these mocks, I want to say it was the ESPN one Stephen Holder was a part of yesterday. You know, he had the debate of Richardson or Levis at four. I think he took Richardson and Levis fell all the way to nineteen. You know, do we see that out of one of these four? Um, some interesting over unders. Hendon Hooker draft over under on where he's going to be selected. Thirty one and a half. I'd go under. So you say he goes earlier? He goes. Yep. A little higher into round one, obviously. Well, there's only 31 picks tonight, right? Didn't Miami had a forfeit? Yeah. Uh, Anthony Richardson over under four and a half. Is that Vegas saying, we think Indy and Seattle have a lot of interest in <laughs> yeah, Anthony Richardson. I mean, uh, Jalen Carter, at one point, some people thought maybe could be number one to Chicago. A six and a half for him. A Notre Dame tight end, Michael Mayer. 24 and a half. Where's Bijan Robinson? That's a good one. I need to look that one up. Um, boy, what, what do you think, Mark? Middle round one? Mm. He's a I'll fascinating 20, one. 21 and a half. That's the running back out of Texas, right? Gosh, he is he, so talented. That's the thing. I mean, he, he, you know, he has Marshall Falk-like potential, but is a guy like that get used in today's day as much? You know what I mean? I mean, what's the value of a guy like that? 12 and a half. Wow. Oh, the Eagles are there. They kind of got a luxury pick. If Yeah, they're at 10. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Joey Porter Jr. You guys remember that Purdue-Penn State game to open up the year, how good Joey Porter Jr. was in that game? Uh, he's at 19 and a half. Again, from a local angle, I don't think it'll happen tonight, but the two prospects to keep an eye on probably early tomorrow night, rounds two and three, Dewan Jones, the Ben Davis grad who was uh, over at Ohio State, the super big, long offensive tackle. Uh, and then Juju Brents out of Warren. He was at the Colts of Local Pro Day a couple weeks back. I was at, I remember walking into that indoor facility being like, wait, that dude plays corner? Uh, huge. Um, he could go, it sounds like, in the second round. Started his collegiate career at Iowa and then played at Kansas State here the last couple of years. The um, I was about to sneeze there, sorry. The, the thing that I was going to say, you know, Kevin, there's always... Some team that throws a monkey wrench in it or a curveball or surprisingly either trades out or trades moves up. I mean, sometimes it's Indianapolis. The Colts are not going to do that this year. But, you know, Arizona is the wild card. Seattle also, for whatever reason, I think Seattle's intriguing because could they – could Seattle drop back and try to parlay picks? But is Pete Carroll thinking long term? Because who knows how long he's going to be there? You know what I mean? There are a lot of factors that come into play in that first round um, that'll be interesting to watch. But but I do get the feeling you're right. The law of averages based on precedent says that one of those four quarterbacks is going to be the one that for whatever reason slides, and then you find out after the fact something came out. There was something of concern. Levis, to me, there's been so much talk about Levis moving up so quickly and so recently here 
that it makes me wonder if that's not because teams are trying to bluff a top three drafting team or one that moves into the top three with Arizona if they're not trying to talk people into Levis so that they hope Richardson or Stroud is there for them. Yeah. I mean, honestly, that's probably where a lot of the leak, whatever, smokescreen stuff comes from of teams wanting other guys to fall. So they're going to try and, you know, rip a guy or really boost another player that they potentially don't want. And that's what, you know, April 27th and this entire month is largely about when you get closer to the draft. I do find it funny, Jake, and this is a little bit of like a draft tangent. You always hear the comment like, you know, not all four of these quarterbacks are going to work out. And, you know, why are there so many misses in round one of a draft with quarterback? Isn't it just simple, like, competition and parity? Not all 32 NFL teams can be good. Right. <laughs> like, they, they play each other on a weekly basis. So I always kind of laugh at, you know, boy, I can't believe four guys are going to go in the top four or five picks. Not all four of them are going to be good. Well, of course not. But, you know, you obviously have to have conviction on the guy that you are taking. That's just part of simple competition. Same thing with, you know, head coaching hires in a cycle. Um, We played some C.J. Stroud audio and uh, Will Levis audio last segment. Again, Anthony Calhoun out in Kansas City for the draft. Uh, Yesterday, he also caught up with Anthony Richardson. Um, Anthony Richardson's comments made a little shorter than the other two, but here was uh, the Florida quarterback with uh, Anthony Calhoun of Wish. And I know you spent some time with the Colts as well. What was that meeting like with them, and what did you um, take away from that time in Indy? You know, just trying to get to know those guys just in case they do draft me, you know, uh, just to get their ideas of what they're going to expect from me you know, and what i got to bring to the table. Yeah, I've been watching and I've been reading. I know you said you're going to be in the Hall of Fame one day. Take me through that and just, you know, just who you are as a player for those folks back in Indianapolis in case you are Indy-bound. You know, uh, that's just my thought process throughout life. You know, I want to be the best at everything I do. You know, whether that's I'm making a sandwich with my friends, I got to make the best sandwich. Or if I'm, you know, driving, I got to park the best. You know, I always want to be the best. So just bit stepping on the field, you know, I feel like I am the best player at times. So, you know, that, that's my thought process. I just want to be the best. You think he puts mayo on a sandwich? Come on, Mark. Well, if it's how, making the best sandwich. How what, quick what was that by Mark? A, we didn't even plan that, Mark and I. <laughs> what if you're making the best sandwich and it's a turkey sandwich? You got to have mayo. It was about yeah. this time yesterday I think I took the fourth and last sip of the mayo coffee. Well, you I, took you four? You stuck with that long, longer than I did. Hold on. You took four? Four. That thing curdled in the first oh, sip. Yeah. It felt like hail was hitting my lips, you oh know, with, with some of the chunks that were staying in it. No one recycled, right? All three of us clean, clean, sweep. No, I, I did have one moment where I was like, hey, last night, I almost texted you guys. Last night, so like I said, we went to Hamilton. <laughs> you think you're the only pe- person in the crowd at Hamilton that put mayo in their coffee? Yes. And, and also, by the way, I was the only person at Hamilton who had not seen it before. It was like being at Rocky Horror Picture Show. <laughs> um, but Alexander, <laughs> I mean, people are like chanting along and like, you know, I'm like, wait, what's what's happening here? Um, the about midway through, all of a sudden I, I got hit with this wave of like a PTSD recurrence where the smell and the taste just <laughs> appeared right back into my into my senses. And, and it was horrific. <laughs> The theater nerds would have yelled at you. You interrupted our song because you barfed, sir. 
<laughs> Sing yeah. it again, Alexander. Uh, you know, well, something to note on the Richardson front. I remember Ursay. I think he was speaking about this kind of around the Eagles game, you know, when Jalen Hurts ran in that touchdown against the Colts to win that game late. And obviously the Shane Steichen hire probably brought backup memories of that. But Ursay made a comment about the advantage you have with a dual threat quarterback, how you're able to play kind of 12 against 11. And that is a comment that I've come back to a little bit more because I think I've shared Jake throughout the past few months. I had definitely heard some Will Levis chatter. For the Colts, uh, my final mock I did this week, I went with Richardson. It, it's not an overwhelming conviction I have, but I, I you know, there's a reason why I, I I went with Richardson over Levis. Um, I do think this is an interesting argument when I'm trying to picture what Chris Ballard, Jim Mercer, Shane Steichen could be thinking. Ballard has often said the phrase, "Don't." point out what the guy can't do show me what he can do and if you're just debating Richardson and Levis it might be a little steadier across the board with Levis but Richardson has the dominant trait and that I think is something that I've thought a little bit more and more about of you know oftentimes we label and we have labeled Richardson boomer bust but his running trait probably gives him a pretty high floor now, of course, how long is that running trait there? He's 20 years old, 21 years old. Is that still going to be there at 28, 29? Is it still going to be that effective? That's a fine debate to have. But I do think that is a part of me where as much as accuracy is spoken by Ballard and Sykin, I also can talk myself into some other comments about, again, don't show me what this guy can't do. Show me what he can do. But doesn't And he has a dominant, dominant trait, potentially more so than... Certainly Levis. Um, you know, I would say Stroud's got the accuracy trait. Bryce Young, just poised, creator. Uh, but I think when you're comparing just Richardson to Levis, there is a clear kind of blue trait. Does Isn't Ballard a big believer, though, in show me the tape? Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't, yeah, yeah. don't, don't tell yeah. me what he can do. Don't tell me what he might do. Don't tell me what he's pot, what he's capable of. Show me what he's done. We, we're going to get to tomorrow, Jake, and whether it's Richardson, Stroud, or Levis, there will be Ballard comments that you could probably talk yourself into any of those. Um, and that's what makes this decision, or trying to predict this decision, I should say, very difficult. Not to mention, we don't know what's going to happen at two, and we don't know what's going to happen at three. I mean, Levis isn't going number one, right? No, I mean, by, you know, seemingly everybody, it's Bryce Young. Levis isn't going number two, right? John McClain said he was when we had him on yesterday. I mean, that would be like Mike Chappell coming on our show today and saying, you know, whatever. Uh, this is the Colts pick. I mean, that's what John McClain said to us yesterday. And right. I thought... I mean, you guys were listening to the same interview I was. That was some pretty strong conviction, was it not? It was. Now, so Stroud or Richardson? What if, would I do or what would they do? What would they do? I, I think Stroud, but I don't say that with as much confidence as what I would do, and I would run the Stroud here, card. Here is it. a better question. Let's say, for the sake of Sports Talk Radio... Let's say that C.J. Stroud and Anthony Richardson, Kevin, are the two quarterbacks that the Colts have to choose from. Okay? 
Which one falls further if not taken by Indianapolis? It's a good question. Um, I would assume Richardson. Okay, now, let's say that it comes down to Richardson and Levis. Which one falls further if not selected by Indianapolis? Yeah, I would assume Levis. But again, we're talking about a guy that could go two. I know. I mean, I this know. is what... Just get us to Friday morning. Now oh, get us to 9 o'clock tonight. Uh, JT, you wanted to talk draft? Yep. What's up, JT? I've an- uh, Good morning, guys. Uh, I've analyzed uh, Ballard's mind over the last few years. Oh, jeez. And in his mind, there's only three good quarterbacks in this draft. And that does not include... Levis, a guy who goes shirtless on social media, there's no way Ballard's going to pick Will Levis. I think the big problem would be if Young and Stroud go one and two, then all you have is one quarterback left. Yeah, and then Ballard's going to trade up to three because he has no other choice at that point. Now, JT, where do you? I'm not. I'm not. In other words, I'm not doubting you here. I just I want you to clarify. Where do you get the impression that Will Levis is not a quarterback Ballard would consider? Well, just his character traits. That's the number one thing in the Colts organization is character, 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 hard work. I think just his social media appearances are just disastrous for the Colts. I mean, and Kentucky I that- teammates rave about him, JT. Rave about him. Yeah. Um, I think that the issue of they, they've been playing him up because they, they want someone else to pick him ahead of, of the other three because then they don't have anybody at four. If, um, if Richardson goes three because, um, you know, Seattle or... Now, what's, what's disastrous about his social media? You know, the guy goes shirtless and... I mean, you never saw Manning do this, uh, eating a raw banana on social media and the... The mayonnaise thing is another whole story. So. Now you're attacking our credibility when you bring up mayonnaise. Kevin's been shirtless. He ate mayo. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Gosh, oh, JT, that's your. You, you're, oh. Are you picking on Kevin or, or Will Levis? Jeez. <laughs> Man. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thank you, J- JT. Let's l- let's do play out that scenario though, Jake. Bryce Young one, CJ Stroud two. Boom. Arizona sitting there at three. Richardson, Levis are on the board. What do you think happens? Team trades up the three? Is that team the Colts? Again, because I believe in consistency and I've not gotten any indication to say otherwise, it is my belief that Chris Ballard sees four quarterbacks in this draft that he does not believe any of them at the fourth are separated from far enough from the other three that it is worth giving up assets to move up one spot for. I think he believes the difference is negligible enough amongst particularly two, three, and four that he is okay to sit at number four. What if the Titans jump from 11 to three and then you've got the third quarterback in the AFC South off the board? Uh, Again. You're okay with that? Well, what are you going to do? If the Titans move up into three, what I'm are you going to do? Like, the, the, you're not going to trade to two. What, I mean, what if Arizona calls you and say, hey, the Titans have this offer. We're about ready to accept it. You got any thoughts? No. I, I think actually at that point you look at it and you say, So Richardson okay, and Levis are that close I, for you. Yes. I think Chris Ballard looks at it and says, okay, 
I believe that the difference between these two quarterbacks is a point, one point, and I believe that what Tennessee would give up to move up to that is two points. So advantage one point for me. I I truly believe that. Yeah, I just don't think quarterbacks are ever viewed like that similarly. I, I think they are. I, I think Ballard has basically said that. I think he's basically said there are four quarterbacks that we really, you know what I mean? You better be right then, because obviously you're facing two of those guys yeah, twice a year for the that, next decade. That's plus, a huge, possibly. huge part of it. You know what? Houston I think in the draft, Tennessee I think do. in the NFL draft, the teams that are successful are successful because they worry about themselves. They don't give a damn what everybody else does. This is what we're going to do. This is our mindset. This is what we have. These are the cards in our hand. We are not sitting here playing and we are just this is what we do they don't worry about and that's what doesn't every team preach that i mean practice what you preach what do they talk about we worry about in this building we worry about our guys we give our nose to the grind we play it down to quarters we, we can't worry about what everybody else is saying we don't read the papers we don't listen to the radio etc etc so put your money where your mouth is focus on you and don't worry about what everybody else does yeah i think if you have a guy identified you do everything you can to go get that guy understood and I don't think they have a guy identified. I don't think that they feel that there's a guy in this. I'm going to stick by that. I don't think that there is one player that they say, come hell or high water, we have to get this guy because we will fail with one of the others. I think they look at it and say, we're good where we are. Again, Houston at two, Arizona at three. I and I may be totally wrong. They might make a trade here in an hour. I, you know what I mean? A question you would have with Arizona, of course, will be, how far would they want to move back? That would be a big advantage for the Colts if all of a sudden the Colts do feel the urge to trade up. Arizona might view it and say, "Hey, we don't want to move too far back," and they might look at you know just dropping to four and say, "Perfect, we don't want to go back to eleven where Tennessee is, or seven where the Raiders are, or a little bit further than where they are currently at." Uh, Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts, going to join us here in about five minutes. Uh, Zach Kiefer coming up at the top of the hour. I'll, let's hit a morning check down. All right, turn back your clocks to Jeff Van Gundy and Pat Riley. We've got the Heat and the Knicks in an Eastern Conference semifinal. The Heat complete the upset of the Bucks. I think I saw it was the fourth biggest series upset in NBA history. A 4-1 last night in Milwaukee. Jimmy Butler did it again. Um, sending the game into overtime. Kind of an off-balance, borderline buzzer-beater layup. Off the glass, he had 42. Bam Adebayo was pretty incredible as well. And Jake the Bucks, 4-1 losers as Game 5 goes to Miami. Yeah, and Milwaukee, they had Giannis twice. I mean, you can, you can, if you want, you could say injuries. But I think it's more, it's less about what Miami, or what Milwaukee had or didn't have throughout the course of the series and more about what Miami's doing now that they are totally healthy. I think the best audio of the night was Giannis after the game. Um, interesting question from the reporter. I think a decent question, but an even better answer from Giannis after the game last night when the Bucks were eliminated. Do you view this season as a failure? <sighs> oh my God. Uh, you asked me the same question last year, Eric. Okay. Uh, do you get do you get a promotion every year on your job? No, right? So every year you work is a failure. Yes or no? No. Every every year you work, you work towards something, towards a goal, right? Which is to get a promotion, to be able to uh, take care of your family, to be able, I don't know, um, provide the house for them or take care of your parents. You work towards a goal. It's not a failure. It's steps to success. 
Michael Jordan played 15 years, won six championships. The other nine years was a failure? That's what you're telling me? No, I'm asking you a question. Yes or no? Okay, exactly. So why are you asking me that question? It's a wrong question. There's no failure in sports. The reason he asked the question is because that's a great answer, and you don't get the great answer without the question. It facilitated for a great response. I, I do love Giannis, by the way. The yeah, Bucks also were horrible at the free throw line last night. 28 of 45. Giannis missed 13. Is that yeah. correct? Uh-huh. I mean, you know, failure or whatever. He might think that's too harsh. What did I just say? The fourth biggest upset in NBA history? The one seed losing 4-1? I, all right, maybe not, don't use the word failure, but utter disappointment. Certainly. Uh, out West last night, the Grizzlies extend another game, so that'll be in L.A. They're down 3-2. And the Warriors uh, get it done over the Kings. Darren Fox, uh, he played, struggled a bit from an efficiency standpoint with that injured finger on a shooting hand. So that game six, both of those game six, Lakers-Grizzlies, Warriors-Kings will be Friday night. Tonight, Celtics-Hawks in Atlanta. The Hawks trying to extend it to a game seven. Uh, last night, Major League Baseball, or yesterday in general, Padres over the Cubs 5-3. It was the Blue Jays blanking the White House. Oh, we got things? the Reds to talk about a sweep of the Rangers. Oh. Well, the, probably their only sweep of the year. Yeah, the same that 5-3 score is exactly what Cincinnati used to Don't beat look Texas. now, but here come the Red Legs. That's exactly right. Walk off last night, Nick Senzel. Or yesterday afternoon, I should say. Uh, cute Pete fellow, Rose, by the way, Pete 6-2 over the Red Sox and the Columbus Clippers 10-7 over the Indianapolis Indians. Indianapolis Indians on an early one today, 11.05 first pitch. Yeah, day game yesterday. I think a little afternoon yesterday, a little bit of a late morning one today. Uh, we mentioned this to lead off the show. Xavier Johnson, he will be back in Indiana for a sixth season. Much needed, much, much needed for the Hoosiers. Um, at the same time, they still need to be portal hungry and trying to find some guards and wings to go along with a player that, when he's good, can be all-conference, and when he's bad, um, can look like you're trying to send him to the bench as quick as possible. More? Yeah, why not? What else you got? Uh, hockey last night. Panthers 4-3 over the Bruins. That extends that series because Boston still leads at 3-2. Same story in Seattle as they managed to stay alive, defeating Colorado 3-2 that series. Or actually, they didn't stay alive. They took the lead in the series. It was tied 2-2. Critical game five. Seattle wins at 3-2 over the Avalanche. Mark's Avalanche in trouble. Uh, mine, no, my, right? my Lightning are my in trouble. My Avalanche. That's what Who's your team? Or, uh, I'm sorry, Kevin's Avalanche. Who's your team? I still don't remember. You're like, I have like three of them. <laughs> I do. Uh, either New York team, Islanders <laughs> or Rangers. Can you imagine a, a, a Yankees-Mets fan saying know, that? Yeah. It is weird, I realize. Have the split jersey, have uh-huh. Rangers, have Islanders. I'll go, uh, fine, I'll go Islanders, but they're about to be eliminated. If well, when the Lightning already. do get eliminated, I'll take the Rangers then. Still a little What the hell? I want the Rangers if the no, Islanders are eliminated. Patrick Kane. <laughs> still not fully over... JT attacking shirtless mayo drinking coffee. That was a Humans. shot across the bow at Kevin I, I'd like to, by the way, apologize to listeners, our bosses, the people of Indianapolis, for what right there was probably the sloppiest morning checkdown of all time. Oh, not, not even yeah. close. Not, not even the same sloppier. A lot of strep- stepping over one another there, right? We, should, we, we never should, talk over we each have, other. We should have raised hands. Excuse me, I'd like to talk now. <laughs> Teacher, pick me. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. 
Did you know St. Jude has one of the largest pediatric sickle cell programs in the country? St. Jude freely shares the discoveries they make, and every child saved at St. Jude means doctors and scientists worldwide can use this knowledge to save thousands more children everywhere. Join me today in helping to fight sickle cell disease by becoming a partner in hope. Call now, 1-800-411-9898. That's 1-800-411-9898. Uh, Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts, he joins us next. Picturing this song and like Rick Venturi, Joe Wrights, and Matt Taylor running out to the radio set tonight, right before they go on air. Seven o'clock tonight, they're going to be on this radio station, correct? Yeah, get some nice, you know, smoke in the tunnel, emerge from that. Matt Taylor, can we can we make that happen? That's right. Some dry ice, some yeah. uh, strobe uh-huh. lights. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I'm I'm smacking Venturi in the face. I'm yelling at him. <laughs> Right, I'm I'm spitting profanities at him, yeah. ready to go, trying to get him fired up. Joe Wright is doing monkey rolls in the background. <laughs> it's going to be epic, dude. I can't wait. Picture like the, awesome. uh, I think it was Albert Hainsworth in the locker room uh, prior to a game where, you know, some just poor equipment <laughs> manager is just absolutely smacking him in the face, getting ready to go. Uh, as Jake said, 7 o'clock tonight, it'll be that trio, Matt Taylor, Joe Wright, Rick, Rick Venturi leading off. Uh, you guys will be where exactly? We are going to be at the complex uh, in the indoor facility, sort of in conjunction with uh, the season ticket holder party that's going on at the uh, complex. So um, that's going to be kind of widespread. It's going to be in Gridiron Hall, which is sort of the banquet area uh, in the Colts facility. So having you know all the um, you know presentation and uh, you know some some guest speakers in there and some tables and food and then all that stuff in there. But then there's a big hangout area on the actual indoor practice field and the indoor facility. That's where we'll be with a bunch of TVs and some lounging areas for people to hang out and watch the draft and see all the drama unfold with us. Before we get into actual draft talk, um, in relation to the show, is there going to be a Chris Ballard, Shane Steichen appearance pre or post pick? Uh, we'll have we'll have a, a run back of, of Chris's interview with us last week. Uh, he joined us after his pre-draft uh, press conference last Friday, so we'll run that conversation back on our show tonight. And then uh, you know if if I don't know how this is going to go tonight, I really don't in terms of, of press conferences. You know, I don't know if the Colts are going it, to. It's it, we. It's been a minute since we've done this with the Colts picking so high, so I don't know how they're going to handle that with. Uh, Chris or Shane are both talking either after their pick uh, while the first round's still ongoing or if they're going to wait till the end of the night to to handle their press conference. So regardless of when they talk, um, especially if they talk while the first round's still going on, you know, picking in the top five, uh, we'll, we'll run that press conference live and get uh, Chris and, and Shane's thoughts on who they picked that high if, if they hang on to it, and we'll run that back in real time. So uh, it's it's a very it's it's like a blend of a national show with with Rick's knowledge and his IQ on all these draft picks, and then very much obviously a Colts and local show as well. So it's a nice little blend there. We'll talk about all the picks in depth, pick by pick, as we go on. But we'll always kind of reset and run back what the Colts did, and then obviously how that affects their immediate future for next season. Matt, I think we know. You know, obviously, that the most signs to use the Magic Eight Ball. You know, all signs point towards the Colts taking a quarterback tonight. I, I think, but at the same time, 
I think it'd be unfair for me to say to you, okay, which one's it going to be? Because it's the same conversation Kevin and I've had. I mean, we have a pretty good idea who the possibilities are. Um, so I, I'm going to I'm going to give you a reprieve for a minute from that to ask you this: What other positions intrigue you in this draft? I mean, maybe not tonight with the fourth pick, but as the draft mm-hmm. goes on, what's the position that you feel like there might be kind of a surprise that the Colts go Colts go towards, but one of them that while people aren't talking about it is an area of need. That's a great question. You know, obviously a lot of chatter uh, with the Colts' outside needs other than quarterbacks center around cornerbacks, right, in the defensive secondary. And you guys have, have brought up great points, you know, listening to you guys all along during this process. You know, with the trade with Stephon Gilmore and Brandon Faison going back to the Raiders in free agency, um, those are big voids, you know, especially in this Gus Bradley defense where both those guys really kind of felt comfortable. And Gilmore – you know, despite his age, was he was a top five player uh, on the Colts roster uh, from last season, and so for for him not to be here, you know that's that's a void the Colts are going to have to address. You know, that's like fifteen hundred plus snaps and reps uh, in the secondary that you're going to have to replace, and also too, Isaiah Rogers is a free agent this upcoming off season. Same thing with Kenny Moore, so you really have to kind of address the depth and the long-term stability of that defensive secondary possibly in this draft class. And I think it's good news in that, you know, you talk to Chris and you hear all these other draft pundits that I've talked to, that you guys have talked to. Cornerback depth in the draft is pretty good between the versatility uh, and skill sets of guys that are long and have, you know, long, um, you know, arm arm widths and, and things like that that are long and lanky that can make plays in the football but also have that, you know, short area quickness and good footwork that the Colts covet as well. So I think they can get guys like that in this draft. And you know, talking with Rick, he's like, you can get a guy at, at five, or, you know, just as good as a, a draft pick at 35 in terms of corner uh, value. So that's that's encouraging. Tight end uh, depth is very, very good, very deep. There's guys that can block and catch in this draft. Um, but for the most part, again, talking to a lot of people going back to the combine, I mean, I'm just – I don't know who's left to talk to in terms of the draft from from our angle, your guys' angle as well. But it just seems like the consensus on this draft is from a, on a whole is that the draft is it's, it's it's like a good depth draft. You know, like if you're making a bad metaphor, it's like a good side dish draft. But there's not a lot of you know main entrees maybe outside of like the first five to seven picks in terms of blue chip players. So you're going to get a lot of guys that can come in and be good backups or maybe turn into um, starting pieces um, eventually. You know, that's kind of like the big picture on this draft, obviously exceptions along the way. But maybe it makes sense for the Colts to address wide receiver as well. You know, if they do go the young quarterback, rookie quarterback route tonight, does it make sense to pair that guy up with a young rookie wide receiver in rounds two or rounds three? So a lot of different areas they can go, obviously. But I think, you know, cornerback, wide receiver, offensive line depth are going to be um, some of the main concerns the Colts have probably starting tomorrow. Voice of the Colts, Matt Taylor. Again, draft coverage with him. Rick Venturi, Joe Wrights. Joe Wrights, by the way, going to join us tomorrow. 8.30, Mark? 8.30. Uh, so this exact time slot tomorrow um, to recap what happens tonight. May tell you, it would be very against the norm, um, but 
you know, part of me thinks, you know, Chris Ballard has said he needs to think about kind of his roster building approach. Uh, 16 trades Chris Ballard has made in his six drafts as GM. You can really count on one hand how many of those were trading up last year. Nick Cross, you know, Jonathan Taylor was a trade up. Kari Willis, mm-hmm. uh, Tyquan Lewis, those are the ones that come to mind. Would you be more surprised if Ballard traded up from four or up from 35 back into round one? Oh, man, great question. I mean, I, I would still – I would probably be more surprised if he went from four to three tonight. Um, and that's not – I don't have any sort of uh, insider information. I just feel like Chris is really comfortable with the evaluation that he has done, and I think he's really comfortable with Shane. I think he's really comfortable with the fact that Shane comes from – uh, a lot of different backgrounds and having it, 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 it made it work with different styles of quarterbacks and therefore saying to themselves, whatever we do tonight, you know, whoever falls to us at four quarterback wise, we've got Shane Steichen that can make it work. And we've got belief in the guy that's there with our due diligence plus Shane's experience in being able to have success with all different styles of quarterbacks. So I would be, I mean, I'm not saying I, I would be shocked if they move from four to three, but I'm just, I'm just saying I think the Colts feel good about all of the work that they have done and put into this point to keep the assets for later on in the draft and feel good about however the, the first three picks unfold and the dominoes that come to them and being able to make it work and feel convicted about whoever's there at the top of their board when they're on the clock at four. Uh, Rick Venturi and yourself uh, went for about, I don't know, 45 minutes or so. I think it was last week on the Colts podcast. It it was tremendous listen. Um, Rick seems very, very high on Will Levis. I I would say, was that an impression that you got as well? Oh, yeah, very much, very much. You know, Rick is not turned off by the interceptions from a year ago. Uh, You know, Kentucky is, they don't have the luxury of playing with players like Ohio State, uh, you know, with with C.J. Stroud and the uh, the weapons that he has, you know, maybe the same thing can be said about Alabama to a degree, but maybe not so much this year with Bryce Young's receiving core. But just generally speaking, you know, he he said, you know, I, I've been on some bad teams and have been around teams that had to rely on their best players and feel like the quarterback had to make every throw and and hold on to the ball and and try to make something happen every time he touched it. And he kind of sympathizes with Will Levis in that regard. So he's he's a big context guy when it comes to turnovers and interceptions. Plus, he wasn't playing with a great supporting cast, like I said. He had the injuries last year. So he's able able to, I think, kind of compartmentalize Will Levis's last season at Kentucky and then also couple that with his great year before last with a 10-win season and you know great completion percentage and all of that. So um, I mean, if if you just if you're just going off of traits, Will Levis is the prototypical quarterback: six foot three, two thirty, unbelievable arm, can make all the throws. He's confident. Um, has lifted up you know uh, not a bad team, but a team that is you know playing in the grueling SEC and you know beating teams that um, you know that that are above them in class, if you will, from a program standpoint. So. Yeah, Rick's, I would say Rick's number two guy is Will Levis behind Bryce Young, but we all think Bryce Young is going to be first overall tonight to the Panthers. 
and then it's all about the evaluation there from from there on out between the Texans and if the Cardinals decide to uh, you know keep their pick. So it's going to be fascinating tonight, and Will Levis is a huge part of that puzzle. When it comes historically, this question for either Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts on the Payless Sigurds hotline, or Kevin Bowen uh, sitting to my left, when it comes to the NFL draft historically, what do the University of Chicago, Indiana, Tampa, Rice, and Tennessee State have in common – that Alabama does not. Um, they all have. This is just a shot in the dark here. They all have. Those programs have all produced number one overall draft picks. That is correct. That is stunning to me. Gosh, that theoretically tonight Bryce Young will become the first Alabama player wild. selected number one overall. It's it's crazy. I, I actually I looked that up the other day, or maybe that was just. It, it hit me in the face with research, but yeah, Bryce Young tonight has a chance to be uh, the the first Alabama player ever to be drafted first overall. That's that's insane to me. You're exactly right about that. I mean, God, talk about a trivia question. You would just stump people on that. That that actually speaks for to a great extent about two things. I think Matt. Number one, probably the overall balance of Alabama year in and year out, and number two, the fact that defend the rock. That's right. LEO. Uh, <laughs> the other thing, too, I, I think it speaks to is the fact that Alabama, in the years that they have won titles here recently. Yeah, not great quarterbacks. Yeah, w- which is interesting because, you know, you got Tua, who is a starter, and you've yeah. got Jalen Hurts, who lost his starting job. And outside mm-hmm. of that, I mean, a lot of times you are correct. It goes to show at the college level more than the pro level. But when you've got dynamic playmakers at the receiver and on the defensive side of the ball as Alabama mm-hmm. has you can get away with Kevin Bowen and Matt Taylor and Jake Query as your quarterback right yeah a little yeah bit. maybe maybe a little bit better than us <laughs> <but>. <laughs> uh, Corbett Davis right as the IU fullback yeah. in, in in 1938 there I'd love to see right. a fullback go number one tonight right yeah I'd love to see a fullback get drafted period sure um but uh no your, your point and, and the fascinating thing about Bryce Young is is that he's going to be, from a size and weight standpoint, he's going to be the lightest quarterback drafted in the first round since at least like 2003, based on the research that I saw. So, you know, he he plays the game in the SEC, again, the best uh, you know college football conference in the land. And what's shocking to me was when you watch him, the only knock on him is the thing that he can't control, and that's how big he is. But that doesn't show up on tape. I mean, I don't, I don't know why we continue to knock him for that because it's not like it was a problem playing against future NFL players week in and week out in the SEC, right? It's not like he's getting balls well, down at the line. And, Matt, like here's he the thing. over the middle. I mean, the numbers that you're looking at, to your point with Bryce Young with that size, he's doing that against the exact same opponents week in and week out as Will Levis and Anthony Richardson. So you've got a mm-hmm. pretty fair barometer there, right, in terms of right. – the, the judgment to your point yeah and he's not missing games right i mean i i understand why there's a worry i i, I get why there would uh, give you pause but you know he he has been tackled and and flung backwards and and spun around and things like that and landed awkwardly and he still hasn't missed time right he's still staying available to his team so i mean i think he's just got the total package he's rick's number one guy by a wide margin um, so from that standpoint, it's fascinating, and we'll see if 
if he indeed is the top quarterback taken off the board tonight. Okay, tonight, again, 7 o'clock, Matt Taylor, Joe Wright, Rick Venturi. Uh, Maytay, the plans for Friday night? Uh, same same thing, uh, although Joe's going to bail. Joe's got some family obligations, so that's uh, to be understood. So Rick and I will have you. Yeah, that's right. So Rick and I will have you on Friday. Um, same setup. We'll go from – we'll start at 6.30 with the last word, kind of our – pre-draft, the pre-game show, if you will, 6.30 to 7. And then Friday night, the draft actually starts at 7. Tonight, the draft starts at 8, but we're starting at 7. Friday night, you know, we'll uh, grip it and rip it starting at 7 with round 2, go until the end of round 3 on Friday. So I know I threw a lot of times at you and all of that, but just basically bottom line, you know, tune in, Colts.com, the Colts mobile app. You can stream the broadcast. Or you can listen on radio. Just stick it here, right here, 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan tonight. And hopefully, and I'm probably speaking out of turn here, but hopefully the the draft pick comes into town tomorrow. And at some point, yeah. there is a press conference. Yep. There might be an interview with Matt Taylor. There might be an interview with maybe JMV. Um, so hopefully, we'll hear from the pick on these airwaves in some capacity tomorrow as well. Indeed, yeah. Hopefully, multiple, multiple times, multiple cool. ways. That That is the hope. And uh, just incredibly excited for it. I mean, four and a half months of of uh, you know watching tape and and hearing all this stuff and all the rumors and the conjecture and the combine. I'm so over it and and just ready to to progress the story forward. Yeah, Matt. I, I guess I will end this and I kind of let off the show with this. You know, obviously there's excitement over, like you said, for you know certainly uh, people that have listened to this show they're probably sick and tired of some of this talk and you're just ready to be done with it i also think there should mm-hmm. just be general excitement that the franchise is in all likelihood going to try and go down the path that i think you have to go down in order to achieve long-term success you know try to build the football team that in 2030 or 2032 we're talking about the Colts that have for the last handful of years have had a legit opportunity at it. It's no guarantee but I think Mm -hmm. you're finally going to have a quarterback under center that potentially is you know rising or getting better and not necessarily like a depreciating uh, QB like you've had here in the past few years and that's just that's just been the case considering some of these ages. You know, you're, you're spot on, or just wondering, like, how long can this sure. last? How, how many good years can they get out of a Phillip Rivers and, and a Matt Ryan? And so, yeah, I, I'm totally with you. Tonight's all about hope. It's about building the foundation. You know, that's what the entire offseason has been about with bringing in a new head coach and a new offensive staff, and hopefully, you know, perhaps tonight a a rookie quarterback that can be, you know, maybe turn into the, the franchise future. So that that indeed is is – you know, the ideal scenario tonight and being able to, you know, some, to build some optimism around this thing. And it's, uh, it's crazy to think about all of the different quarterbacks in the AFC right now and, and the, the amount of parity and competition in this conference. And the Colts need to kind of jump into that. And, and we'll see. I mean, the NFL is, is, it's not for long as we know. That's what it stands for. And every year you see a team go from worst to first. Every year you see four teams make the playoffs that did the year before. So the Colts are going to try and crash that party right away. And, you know, in the first year of a, a new regime and a new era with Shane Steichen and, again, perhaps a, a rookie franchise quarterback. So it's going to be fun tonight to see just how, you know, those plans come to, to fruition and uh, to, to see, you know, Colts fans hopefully get on board with uh, this plan and, and a guy that, you know, you can market around and be on the side of the building and put, you know, put their face on a couple of posters here and there 
and uh, just get excited again about Colts football after you know, you know, a couple of years of just up and down and, and trying to find that stability. Matt, do you think, by the way, my last question for you would be, one of the things or angles that I, I don't know that we've talked much about, maybe because you got to get step one here before you can look at step two, but, you know, I do like Gardner Minshew. Now, that's not to say as your everyday starter, but I think he offers some stability, maturity, experience, certainly. Um do you think that he is your week one starter and they slowly bring on whoever it is they draft? Or do you think that that is going to be dependent upon which quarterback it is that they select? Yeah, great question. I think it's based on the circumstances of the rookie quarterback. Um, it, I think it all depends on who that guy is, how much experience he has coming out of college, and just how quickly he's able to pick up all the different things that are going to be thrown at him, probably starting in, in a week and a half, getting the Colts playbook. Um, you know, Gardner Minshew, he can play. I mean, he really can. He's got a career 95 passer rating guy. Just generally speaking, and I'm only speaking for myself, I, I am of the belief that if you're going to draft a guy in the top five, he needs to play. Like if you draft Anthony Richardson, right, just big if. If, if Anthony Richardson is the draft pick tonight, I think – like the the big knock on him, or one of uh, of those issues that he might have, is that he just hasn't played a lot of football. Right, he only played in thirteen games at Florida. Well, hypothetically, if if he goes back to Florida next year, and he's not a part of this draft class, how much better would he become? How much more of these draft issues would he fix by just playing more football? How much more accurate would he become by just having more time on task? So, in that light, you might think. Well, he's going to get better by just playing football regardless of the level. Let's get him out there, and he can kind of clean up these issues by just having more experience, by just having him play more football. And, and I'm of the belief, again, that you just throw him out there. You, 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 you don't put him in bad situations. Don't, don't get me wrong, but you, you, you let him learn, you let him grow, and you let him learn from mistakes and just continue to to get better and grow over the course of time. I'm a big baptism by fire guy. I know not everybody subscribes to that. I don't know how Shane feels about that or how Chris feels about that. But I, I'm a big like if you're going to be in the top five, you got to play and you got to get all of these kinks out early. I mean, we all saw what Peyton Manning did in his rookie season, and then the next year he just flourished. So. I'm a big believer in that, but I think it, it's based on the guy that you bring in. I think it's circumstantial and how comfortable you feel about handing the keys over to a young rookie quarterback that has so much on his plate while trying to win and contend at the same time. Yeah, you and me both on the baptism by fire. Um, all right, Matt Taylor, will you go holy mayo instead of holy my if they draft Will Levis? <laughs> No, I, I'm going to draw the line somewhere. I think Ooh. I think that, that's a little that's a little too cheesy even for me now. Oh, look at that! There was there was a mayo <laughs> joke in there somewhere. Bate, uh, it's been a while. Enjoy catching up with you. Have fun tonight and tomorrow night, and uh, we'll be tuning in certainly around seven o'clock. Yeah, my pleasure, guys. Good to be with you. That's the voice of the Colts, Matt Taylor, right there. Zach Kiefer joins us next. Uh, Kevin Aquari on a very raise a spoon to Grandma who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Hey, fam. 
I'm asking for your support. Help us raise money for St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital. Families never receive a bill from St. Jude for treatment, travel, housing, or food so they can focus on helping their child live. By pledging just $19 a month, you're helping St. Jude give every child with cancer a chance. Help St. Jude save lives. Call 1-800-411-9898. That's 1-800-411-9898 and become a partner in hope today. I start to this Thursday. Zach Kiefer going to join us here in a few. Uh, he did a mock draft with his fellow athletic scribes and actually had the Colts trading up. So that'll be something to chat about. With Zach, for those curious, the last six picks at number four overall, honestly, probably the best one is the one that was just taken. That would have been Sauce Gardner, cornerback for the Jets. You had Kyle Pitts to the Falcons. Andrew Thomas has been a great selection offensive tackle for the Giants. Uh, Cleland Farrell, a massive bust by the Raiders. Jake, that's a Clemson dude that I feel like when he was taken, everyone was like, what? That high? Totally. Well, he was in a defensive line with Dexter Lawrence, Christian um, Christian Watkins. Uh, I'm trying to think of who the other one was. And and it was like he, he was seen as like the the third or fourth of the four. And then they t- John Gruden reached for him at, at – in the top five, and even Clemson fans were like, wait, hold on, what? Yeah, that yeah. was the start of like the Mayotte Gruden, what's going on here? Yeah. Uh, Denzel Ward in 2018, I'll never forget the Colts' um, loud screams when Denzel Ward was taken at four, because that meant that they would be getting Quentin Nelson at six. Quentin Nelson, or I forget who went five that year. Was it Bradley Chubb? Uh, knowing they'd get one of them. Uh, Ward's been, you know, decent for the Browns. And then Leonard Fournette. So running backs just don't go that high anymore. At least uh, the thought is B. John Robinson will not be going that high. All right, Zach Kiefer from The Athletic joins us now on the Payless Slickers hotline. Zach, did I see a little trade-up out of you in The Athletic mock draft? Yeah, I think if, if, you know, I think we all can agree the draft really starts at two tonight. And if C.J. Stroud makes it past two... I think the Colts need to have a conversation. I don't know if they have C.J. Stroud ahead of Anthony Richardson or Will Levis. That's what we're going to find out tonight. But I feel like if Stroud makes it, don't overthink it. It's it's night and day how much better of a passer he is than the other two, in my opinion. And walking off the field at the Combine, you know, everyone's talking about Anthony Richardson's speed and his jumping ability, and he can throw the ball a mile, but... The best quarterback on the field that day by far was C.J. Stroud, and and I went back to that. Now, Bryce Young didn't throw, but I don't think Bryce Young's going to be available. So, if given the opportunity, I went up and got the Ohio State kid. You know, the takes two to tango, and that makes it sound like I'm being defiant on your theory, but you got to figure that there, if C.J. Stroud's available there, is somebody going to be with more assets going to vault in front of Indianapolis at three and make a deal with Arizona? Yeah, that's that's fair. And and I think the team I keep hearing about when I talk to people about the draft that not a lot of people are talking about is Atlanta. Now, yeah. maybe they'd be willing to move up. Now, the other team that scares you is Tennessee because Tennessee, it doesn't seem like they're very high on Malik Willis. We think the Ryan Tannehill train has sort of expired or will in the, in the near future. What are they going to do? And is a division rival going to jump you to get the quarterback you have your eyes on? Now, the sell to Arizona, if you're the Colts, is 
you're still going to get your guy, right? right. We're not going to take your guy. You're going to get the same exact player. And I think that matters as opposed to going back to eight or ten or whatever. But the reality is you're going to have to pay. You're going to have to pay to block somebody out. And Mike Chappell, our buddy, was mentioning yesterday, like, it might, it might cost you a couple of twos. I don't think the Colts want to part with twos. That's been the round where they've done the most damage over the years. We'll see. they got a couple extra fives. But it's not going to be cheap to pay just to block out some teams that might want to move out. Zach, here's one thing that we've we've broken down this all this stuff with you with I mean, with your colleagues a, a billion times, right? So here here's what I want to do just to give people kind of a perspective. I'm going to name we're going to take Bryce Young off off the table because I I think we can unless something seismic happens, Bryce Young is going to go number one to Carolina. Okay, right. So then we'll go Levis Richardson. Um, Stroud, and I'll actually throw Hendon Hooker in there, but we'll we'll table that for a second. So I want when I give you each name, I want you to tell me at their absolute ceiling what player they most remind you of in terms of the career that they could have when it's all said and done. They will look like what player's career when it's all said and done. And I'll begin with Will Levis. Well, if you want to do high ceiling, Jake, it's Josh Allen. It's Josh Allen. He's got that kind of athletic build. Um, he didn't come in with the same accuracy concerns as Josh Allen. But, you know, the more probable sober comparison might be Ryan Tannehill. And that might scare me because I think the other two have a little bit of a different ceiling. Okay, second, Anthony Richardson. So the obvious answer here is Cam Newton. That's yeah. what he's been hearing his whole life. He looks like him. But I'm going to go in a different direction. I'm going to go Donovan McNabb. For those who remember his peak days with the Eagles, he was a stud. And he came in with a little bit of accuracy concerns coming out of Syracuse, played with the great Marvin Harrison. Um, but the reality is I think, I think Richardson might have a higher floor than a lot of people realize simply because what he can do with his feet, with his legs. I mean, this guy had like seven 60-yard runs for touchdowns last year. In the SEC, like that just doesn't happen very often. Um, now, he's got to get better, but I, I would rather attack a guy's footwork than attack his pocket instincts. And I'm not sure how much better those pocket instincts can improve in the NFL. And that's my biggest red flag with Will Levis. Richardson does so much you can't teach. And, and that's going to be a big factor in this decision. And I think, honestly... If, if I'm the Colts, I might let Shane Steichen make the final call. That's not to say they won't have a consensus, but I would lean on the coach who's done it with three different skill sets, who's done it really well. This is why he's here. You hired him, and you gave him a six-year contract. Like, let him work with this guy's footwork and see what he can do with an absolute specimen as a, as a physical football player. Okay, C.J. Stroud. Yeah, that's a hard one. That's a hard one because the knocks are he's too robotic. And he didn't run until the end. But if you put on the tape, he was the best player on the field against the best team in college football and the best defense in that, in that Ohio State-Georgia game. So I don't know who – I don't really know. I mean, he's a pocket passer. Eli Manning? Yeah. I mean, but he's way I feel like more people have said Dak he, Prescott. Yeah, maybe without – yeah, I can see that. But, again – I think he's more mobile than Dak, and yeah. I think he showed that against Georgia. But, you know, we'll see. We'll see. Did you go through all of them, Jake? Sorry. I, I did. Not, I'm well, sure. okay, Hendon Hooker would be the last one. 
I don't think he's in play for the Colts, to be honest. I just, I just, I just don't see it. Uh, Zach Kiefer's with us here uh, from the Athletic on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Zach, I wanted to shift a little bit to kind of Chris Ballard's thinking. Um, you know, when you look at this offseason so far, I would have called it very normal for Chris Ballard. I mean, he I don't think he did anything in free agency that was that out of the norm for him. I, I guess he gave big money to a kicker, but, I mean, that would maybe be it. The, the offensive moves have been virtually non-existent. Uh, defensively, a couple things, nothing on the O-line. Um, so now we enter the draft, which is the other big part of the offseason. Obviously, quarterback will be a pick, but I'm curious, and this would be very anti-Chris Ballard, but I'm curious, like, will we see a trade-up out of him? I Maybe it could be, I guess, at four uh, to the mock draft that you did, or you know, maybe at 35, you trade back into round one to get a premium player on a five-year rookie contract. Um, again, Ballard is the king of trading back, but for a guy that has been asked the question now several off-seasons in a row about do you need to change your roster-building philosophy, nothing has really changed in free agency do you expect anything different in the draft with his philosophy? Yeah, like nothing has changed. And to his point, I do understand it to a degree because this was a pretty mediocre free agent class, and and that's just going to add fuel to his fire in terms of not paying B players A money, right? So I get that. But again, if you look at what they've done, they, they lost a starting linebacker, they lost a starting receiver, they lost a the defensive end in Yannick Ngakwe, and they they didn't really replace him. I mean, Isaiah McKenzie, but like, how much does that do for you? Really, Samson Ibukam? Sure, good player, plays a run better than than Unique, but like, they're 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 really just doubling down on this this approach, and and this very approach absolutely blew up in their face last year when they decided two spots in the offensive line. They were just going to roll with what they had and hope for the best. Sixty sacks was what happened, and you nearly got Matt Ryan killed a couple times. So. The reality is that approach hasn't worked. Does he trade up in this draft? Time to do it, man. Like, time to roll the dice a little bit. Um, he is the king of those five-year rookie deals. He likes to get the most value as he can from those lower-priced contracts. But the reality is they just haven't done that very often. I think they traded up for Jonathan Taylor a couple of spots, which, which makes a lot of sense. And maybe they move from four to three tonight. We'll see what Arizona wants. But they've got a lot of holes to fill, and I don't like the right guard spot. I don't love the, the backup tackle position because I don't think they really have one, and, and Ryman's no sure thing. And then secondly, you need receivers, and, and my goodness, do you need cornerbacks? Like, as of tomorrow, if you were starting a game, it'd be Dallas Flowers and Isaiah Rogers, and that's just, that's just if you're an imposing quarterback, that's heaven on earth because you're going to attack those guys. So they got a lot of holes to fill, and they really sat out of free agency, like you said, for the most part, except for you know, maybe the Matt Gay signing. But um, I don't know. We'll see. But, again, I'm a little hesitant to say they're going to trade back up into the first round because what did he tell us on Friday? There's only 17 first-round grades on their board. They're not going to force a pick if they don't believe that's a first-round guy. So we'll see. But, you know, everyone's talking about the first-round pick. They do have a really, really high second-round pick, and that's a really valuable pick as well. Zach, somebody just sent me this question via text. I think it's a great question, and it, it takes a second to stop and, and kind of conceptualize it. But do you think Chris Ballard believes in Shane Steichen more than he believes in any of the four quarterbacks in this draft? <laughs> That's great. That's a really good point. He better because – I think the answer is yes, by the way. I think it should be. 
I think it should be, and that's why he's here, and, and I think that's why he might have the final say over Jim Irsay. I really believe that because this is a guy that's going to that's going to tailor his offense to what this guy does well, and, and the game is shifting, and the way you can scare the defense is shifting. I know Jim Irsay is on board with a running quarterback. He's mentioned to me a couple times in the past couple years having two quarterbacks up on game day that play, one runs and one passes. He feels like... That just adds so much stress to a defense. Now, Has he not, not watched Indiana? Right, right. What a wild um, concept. <laughs> but, um, you know, the, the best of both, right, the best of both worlds just might be the kid out of Florida. We'll see. But I do think they're going to have patience with this guy. But, no, that's a really good point. They, they are betting as much as they are on this quarterback. The bet's on Shane Steichen as well. Yeah, that would be where I, my, my bet would lie, the belief in his resume. All right, Zach, we'll, we'll end with this because we know it's going to be a long day for you, a long night for you. Um, I think you have said recently that you think it's Anthony Richardson. Feel free to correct me if I'm wrong on that. Um, and maybe that the Will Levis smoke you think is a tad overblown? I'm not buying the Will Levis smoke as much as everybody else. Um, I think if I had to make a decision gun to my head, I think the the odds are it's probably going to be Richardson. But then again, I think it could be any one of the three. It genuinely could be any one of the three. And that's going to be the fun part. And trust me, people inside the building that usually know where this team's going to go with their first pick have no idea. So this is locked down, clamped down. He's not telling anybody. So we're going to find out about 815, 830 tonight. Zach, which do you think is more realistic as, you know, BS smoke that is being fanned by a team in hopes of influencing things around them? CJ Stroud dropping or Will Levis rising? I don't buy the Will Levis stuff at all. Like the Reddit rumors and like him going number two or number one, like I just I just feel like that's classic draft. BS. Um, I've watched the tape. I just, I just don't see number one pick in that tape. But again, I'm not a draft nut. But um, I think CJ Stroud. I think he might be the most interesting player in this draft in this top ten. Because where does he go? Is if he goes past Houston, and someone's willing to draft Anthony Richardson over him, that tells you a whole lot. Because just two months ago, a lot of people would have told you he would have been the number one pick. So we'll see. Levis could go anywhere from probably, what, 3 to 19? Which one has the greatest fall potential? Of those three, I asked Kevin this earlier. Of those three guys, which one, if the Colts bypass on them, has would have then the most precipitous fall after Indianapolis? I would lean Levis. I would lean Levis because I think the general consensus, which I don't agree with, is that the Colts are higher on Levis than a lot of other teams. But we'll see. I mean, if he's the next Ryan Tannehill, do you need to spend the fourth overall pick on him? Can you get him at 10 or 11 or 12? I think there's a huge difference between picking fourth and picking 10th, right? I just It just feels like you have to have to have to get a premium player at four. But we'll see. But I think it starts at two. And I think the interesting thing that we shouldn't be surprised about is if somebody goes up and draft Anthony Richardson ahead of C.J. Stroud. I don't think that's as much of a surprise today as it would have been three months ago. Gosh, just crazy to think about. All right, Zach, if you can, either play golf or uh, take a nap today. I got to go teach my class, man. Yeah, you and me both. All right, Zach, see you later, man. See you guys. That's Zach Kiefer right there on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Um, 8 o'clock, things will get underway on the clock. 7 o'clock, our coverage will begin
with the draft. Uh, latest Vegas odds can Bryce Young all but a lock to go one right now, according to one gambling app. Uh, Will Anderson plus 125 to go number two. That drops all the way to Will Levis at plus 300. So under that scenario, under the Vegas scenario, you're going Alabama one, Alabama two. That means at three, you would have Stroud, Richardson, and Levis on the board. Um, under that scenario, Jake, would would Stroud have enough separation in your eyes to move up to three? I know you've been, you know, sit there at four and just let one of them fall to you. Would it be worth a couple third round picks to move up to three? No. CJ Stroud is not that big of a separation from Anthony Richardson to, and Will. To me, it's not because the Colts don't have that flexibility. I just you, you know think what I mean? two third round picks not worth it? Yeah, I, I think they have enough holes elsewhere on their roster that they've got to I will. I mean, at this point, I've got sand up to the back of my calves because I'm so dug in with my heels on this. You stay at four. Yeah, I'd argue quarterback is a gargantuan hole compared to a second corner, and that if you I, get I QB don't, right, it's, I don't it's disagree, worth moving. I don't up. disagree, but what I'm saying is, I think that, and I do love Stroud, but I think that you still get a quarterback at four that is not as big a separation. I, I just maintain that. And obviously, what the trade calls would look like for Arizona under that situation would be very interesting. The best case scenario for the Colts under that situation is you would hope that Arizona has a guy they somewhat covet and they don't want to move too far back for. If you're Arizona, you are praying that Houston takes who at two. Well, I guess it depends what you Will want. Will Anderson? If you have Will Anderson as your top guy, you want Houston to take a quarterback. Then you would just take Will Anderson at three. Uh, bless you. If but, you're looking for the best trade package, yeah. you would probably want Will Anderson to go two, therefore someone trades up for C.J. Stroud. If that's the thinking. I think Will Anderson, by the time it's all said and done, he might be the best player in the draft. Right. You know, it's a question we've thrown to various draft analysts over the past month. If you had to pick one Hall of Famer from this draft class, obviously a big question. But the name is probably Will Anderson. Or maybe it's the running back. Maybe it's B. John Robinson. It could be some lineman, right? Yeah. You think there's a chance the Colts the Colts get some draft capital at some point though? Because they I mean, they have one pick in each of the first four rounds. I feel like they have so many needs they're gonna trade down at some point. Yeah, I again I have been a big advocate in trading up because I think this is a roster that needs more high end talent than just depth pieces. Uh, depth has gotten you to this point. A high-end talent can be a separator. But, Mark, uh, that is my thought, not Chris Bauer's thought. Mm-hmm. Like, I think if I had a bet, I'd assume that the 35th pick turns into, and I'm just spitballing here, turns into like 43 and 86. Like, you trade back eight or nine spots in round two, mm-hmm. and you get an additional third. Um, Chris Ballard, in his six drafts, have has had 12 second-round picks. There's no round he's drafted more in than round two. So I could see a trade up there for sure. You, you realize that we're within 12 hours trade back, now. I guess. 11 hours, right? Shotgun there? some PBRs right now. I think I mean, the mayo is still in the fridge if you guys want to do one more go me? at it. Oh, shockingly, it didn't get eaten all yesterday? No, no, it's still there, I think. Did you guys like the holy mayo instead of holy my for Matt Taylor if Levis gets picked? I do like it print a t-shirt i mean 
Well, JT wouldn't like it. Unless I was wearing that T-shirt, maybe. He didn't like shirtless me. That's true. Well, Yeah, guy calls in, for those that are unfamiliar, like an hour ago, and says, first up, this is my favorite thing. They shouldn't draft Will Levis because his social media is a disaster. <laughs> you didn't see Peyton Manning doing that. <laughs> Peyton Manning was 1998. Uh, we were 20 years away from Instagram. And Peyton Manning wasn't ripped like Will Levis, right? You're going to find some pretty good football players that have some pretty uh, interesting social medias, just FYI. Yeah, especially in today's day, right? Uh, on the pop quiz coming up, we'll give away a pair of tickets to the Grand Prix. Are we still doing two road races at IMS this year? Yes, there's another one later in the year. Not not this weekend, but there's another one that with the NASCAR weekend. Oh, yeah, yeah. So that's what, August, something like that? Uh, that July or August. You'd think I'd know that off the top of my head, right? And they did road course last year for NASCAR. Did they do one on the road, one on the oval? I'm trying to jog my memory there. I'm trying to jog my memory there as well. Uh, last year, didn't they say... We might re- need a shot of Mayo now, Mark. They'll return to the track. oval soon, but it was still road course. <laughs> uh, the schedule, by the way, the Gallagher Grand Prix is August 12th. That is the other road course race at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway for IndyCar. That's on the Brickyard weekend. Correct. Uh, so this pair of tickets, of course, will go to, I think it's May 13th coming up here. A couple Saturdays uh, to the road course race, along with the Jiffy Lube oil change. Let's start off the morning check down, though, with... Quite the uh, busy night in the NBA. Jimmy Bleepin' Butler. He did it again last night and finished off the Milwaukee Bucks. 42 points for Jimmy Butler. Um, an incredible performance. They were down 16 at the start of the fourth quarter. Send it in overtime on like a fall away, one-legged shot by Butler. And then they win in OT. So the Bucks are done 4-1. The eight-seed Heat over the one-seed Milwaukee Bucks. And now they will take on, Jake, the New York Knicks. Yeah, the Knickerbockers uh, right there. So Knicks Heat, party like it's, what, 1999, something like that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Tim Hardaway um, of Sean Leonard, baby. Action tonight, by the way, Boston and Atlanta. That is a game six as the Celtics lead three games to two. That game is an 8-30 tip. Other scores from last night. We didn't talk a lot about it, Memphis and the Lakers, but the Grizzlies avoided elimination because they win 116-99. Not a great game for LeBron James, who said, I'll be, I'll be good in game six. 15 and 10 boards. Hard to say that's not a good game. I mean, it's a double-double, but um, not typical LeBron, oh, obviously. Bain, Jake. 33 points and 10 Ooh. boards. John Moran had 31 and 10. Jalen Jackson Jr., 18 and 10. It's never a good night when I'm watching the game and I'm like, should LeBron be out there in the fourth quarter? Yeah. It was one of those moments like, should you just be, Darvin Ham, should you just be arresting these guys? Uh, and then the Kings, Warriors, again, first road win in that series. The Warriors go up 3 2 in that one. So you'll get both the West game six tomorrow night Memphis and LA and Golden State and Sacramento. Uh, yesterday in Major League Baseball, break up the Reds and break out the broomsticks. That's a sweep of the Rangers. Don't Walk look off. now, but here come the Red Legs. Hot, <laughs> hotter than you know what right now, the Reds. Okay. Uh, Nick Senzel with a two-run walk-off there. 5-3 they win. And unfortunately, the Cubs lost yesterday. Yeah, Cubs 5-3 losers to the Padres. Cardinals also on the short, and they lost to San Francisco 7-3. Cardinals are losing quite, quite a bit to start the season. Mm-hmm. Just wait. 
They like to just – there's a strategy with those psychopaths. Uh, Columbus <laughs> over the Indianapolis Indians, 10-7, by the way. Uh, Don't Indy- look now, but here come the red legs. Oh, play it again. Thank you, Mark. Maybe a third time's a charm. <laughs> that was me right there. That's right. Uh, Indy Fuel, game four tonight. They're trying to keep their season alive up at the Coliseum, taking on Toledo. Uh, and the Indians have got, what, a 135, something like that? I think we said 1105, pitch. didn't we? 11.05. It's education and baseball. 135 was Wednesday. kids there today. It is funny. I was watching the Reds game yesterday, and when they had those kid games, oh, my gosh. You talk about the just natural sound. Just screaming and yelling at ball, you know, strike, grab. Do they do the chance? ball. Welcome to our cemetery. <laughs> this is will you this is where you will be buried. Two mud mean. hens shaking in their boots. <laughs> What's the average sugar level at those games? Now wait a minute. Uh, uh, Toledo mud hens are here and the Toledo walleye are here to I play don't know the if fuel. The Toledo mud hens are there. Those the clippers for the I Indians. Team. I was gonna say, do they travel together? You imagine the amount of nerd rope and fun dip being sold at those games? <laughs> Uh, all right, it is time for the pop quiz. 317-239-1070. Again, Jiffy Lube oil change and a pair of tickets to the Grand Prix. Come on. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Hey, fam. I'm asking for your support. Help us raise money for St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital. Families never receive a bill from St. Jude for treatment, travel, housing, or food so they can focus on helping their child live. By pledging just $19 a month, you're helping St. Jude give every child with cancer a chance. Help St. Jude save lives. Call 1-800-411-9898. That's 1-800-411-9898 and become a partner in Hope today next here kevin court very manageable well number five is a little weird but other than that pretty manageable pair of tickets to the grand prix two weeks from saturday and then uh jiffy the boil change up for grabs on today's pop quiz yeah scrolling through it as well five is certainly probably deserve five after the first four to be frank, um, yeah, it has been a little, yeah, it has been a little bit there with number one. Um, all right, a uh, number Jake one through eight. Colts are drafting fourth tonight, right? Yes, correct. Well, as of now, you think they're gonna go third? Well, I don't know. I'm not holding my breath that they trade up, but all right, I'll go four. Four, four is who? Eric. Eric. Hey guys. Eric, how you doing? Not too bad, you. Eric, did you call earlier this week, or is that a different Eric? I called earlier this week. What? No, wait a minute. You can't play twice in one week, can you? No, no offense. No, I Eric. didn't play the game. I didn't play the game. Oh, oh. oh okay. Well, that's cool. I thought we had. Did, an Eric did we play get first. to know your listener with you, Eric? No, we didn't. No, I, I, uh, I, I was talking about Hendon Hooker. That's right. Oh, you're. Oh, yeah. I know. I know who you that's are, Eric. It, it took a second there, Eric. I, you know, in all the times that you and I've talked on the radio, which is a lot, and I appreciate that. I don't think I've ever played "Get to Know Your Listener" with you. Can we participate in this little game? We we have wild success with this. Are you willing to partake here? Oh, let's do it. Okay, uh, Eric. If you don't mind me asking, uh, who was president of the United States in the year of your birth? I believe that was Ronald Reagan. Or not? Sorry. Uh, yeah, Ronald Reagan. Okay. Um, and when you were a senior in high school, Eric, who was the rival high school that you most despised? Uh, I, I went to 
to Danville, so it'd either be Avon or Tri-West. Welcome probably. to our <laughs> My dad went to Danville. Eric, did he? what year did you graduate? Well, I guess I could go off your, your, your birth year. What year did you graduate? It would have been 05. <laughs> well, I don't think that matches up with old uh, Brad Bowen. But uh, Eric, when you get up and go to work in... Uh, you know, like today or whatever it might be. What 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 time do you get up to go to work, and where are you? What sort of work are you doing throughout the course of the day? Uh, I I actually uh, I actually work a night shift. I go in at six, and I work for a logistics company. Wait, so you go in at six p.m. and then you get off at what time? Six six a.m. Yeah, a little rough. So okay, so when do you sleep? Are you getting ready for bed here in a little bit? Oh no, I was off last night. I was off last night, so that was good. Eric, you don't know what today is, do you? I know it's time. I know it's draft, and I'm watching. <laughs> he knows it's time to call in the pop quiz. <laughs> That's right. He knows the number. All right, Hen and Hooker guys. I want Hen and Hooker. I, 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 I think culture will shock everybody. There's always a shock. I'm, I think it's Hen and Hooker. Eric, how many times have you eaten at the Mayberry Cafe? Uh, too many to count. <laughs> what about <laughs> too, that? Too that, many to count. Is that one place still there with the big baked potatoes, Dave's or whatever it was called? Uh, that. That place, is, that place is actually empty now. It is? Okay. Yeah, big it is. All right, here we go, Eric. Would you like for me, that would be Jake, or for Kevin to lead you off with question number one? Uh, either one's fine. All you, Jake. Okay. All right, here we go. Question number one. Uh, who did the Colts take last year in the first round of the draft? Was it A, Alec Pierce, B, Bernard Ryman, C, they traded the first round pick away, or D, they had multiple first round picks? They didn't have a first round pick. They traded it away. Yeah. Carson Wentz. Quite the memory to bring up. But yeah, good call, Eric. Um, all right, the Bucks became just the fifth number one seed to be eliminated by an eight seed in NBA playoff history last night. Who was the first? The Heat, the Spurs, the Mavericks, or the Supersonics? The Supersonics. What Eric is sharp without just <laughs> maybe the night right, shift. All Eric, that. question number three: The Knicks eliminated Cleveland from the NBA playoffs last night. The first time the Knicks have won a playoff series since 2013. Who did they knock off ten years ago in their last playoff series win? Was it the Boston Celtics, the Bulls, the Hawks, or your Indiana Pacers? They beat this team to. Play the Pacers, right? Correct. Goodness. Uh, it was... I'm going to say it was the Hawks. Got the sound mark, the Hawks sound that we had earlier. Uh, all right, number four. 40 years ago today, Nolan Ryan recorded his 3,509th career strikeout, setting the major league record. He would finish his career with an incredible 5,714 Ks. Who currently stands second on the on the all-time strikeouts list? Did this guy hit a hawk that one time? Uh, yeah. A, Walter Johnson, B, Randy Johnson, C, Steve Carlton, or D, Roger Clemens? I'm going to go Steve Carlton. All right, question five for you. The Seattle Kraken beat the Avalanche 3-2 last night in Denver. They take a three games to two lead in their opening round Stanley Cup playoff series. If they were to win the series, they would be the second team in NHL history to eliminate the reigning Stanley Cup champion in doing so in their first postseason appearance. Who is the only other franchise that has accomplished, and to this point, the only franchise to accomplish that feat? 
It's at the Edmonton Oilers, the Montreal Maroons, the Maroons of Montreal, or the team from Montreal known for a color. Gosh, I don't know, Hockey. I'm just a Montreal Maroon. <laughs> Were you valedictorian at Danville here, Eric? Good, good choice there, Eric. Uh, good Did work. Get them all right. <laughs> uh, you're close. Uh, he got the first two right, Jake. They did trade out of round one last yes! year. Yes! Supersonics losing to yeah, the Nuggets correct. in 94. Number three, though, who did the Knicks beat in that 2013 first round series? He said the Hawks. Pretty good guess. <laughs> Was that a Celtic sounder? No, that was a Hawk, and then he got the question wrong. Oh, okay. That was the follow-up. It was the Boston Celtics. Randy Johnson, Montreal Maroons. Stay on the line, Eric. Eric said they're going to shock the world and get Hennon Hooker, right? How about that? It'd be like Hugh Grant. (laughs) Scotty got it. Um, six drafts in the history of Chris Ballard. Jake, he's made three first-round selections. You got those three? Oh, boy. Three first-round selections. Traded out three times and has made three. Jonathan Taylor was a second-rounder, wasn't he? Taylor was a second. Pittman was a second-rounder, right? Pittman was, yeah, 34 overall. See, I get very confused, admittedly. The years run together to me, and I get confused between Grigson and Ballard. Okay, so 2017, Ballard's first draft. Uh, I, this got me thinking, based off who Eric wants, Hooker, Malik. Uh, that was at oh, yeah. 15 overall. Then the next year, he comes back, and he makes you know quite a successful selection. And Quentin Nelson at 6 overall. Yeah, obviously should have known that. 2019, you trade out for DeForest Buckner. That year, uh, twenty twenty, you I might have those years mixed up. Twenty nineteen trade out and take Rocky Scene early second. Twenty twenty, you traded that pick for Buckner. Twenty twenty one, the first round pick. Then, uh, give me the school, please. Uh, the school from up north. Oh, of course, Quiddy Pay. Quiddy Pay, and then twenty twenty two, of course, the Carson Wentz trades. Only one, I, you know, Quiddy Pay. I mean, would you say at this point? probably now starting to show on track of being a, a good player yeah I, you would like a little more um i think you would like health probably more than anything last year he missed five games and he he said it yesterday he actually met the media yesterday that's the biggest thing for him it's just staying healthy you know 12 of 17 games he played in last year um i think you see some signs of becoming a double digit sack guy but health is vital for him malik hooker is still in the league correct yeah he had a, didn't he have a decent season with dallas i think he did yeah yeah, he had he had a pick, I think, in the playoffs, right, or one of their critical games down the stretch. The debate that year was um, Hassan Reddick or Malik Hooker. I want to say Reddick won a couple of picks before they took Hooker. That was just the awkward draft where Pagano was still around, and I mean that was just the draft filled with bust, really, for the Colts in terms of Quincy Wilson and Terrell Basham. Uh, Zach Banner. Boy, Quincy Wilson was just one of those every week healthy scratch question marks, right? Like, yeah. what is going on with Quincy Wilson? His brother's playing in the league. Do you remember his brother at Florida when he threw the shoe late in the game and got a 15-yard penalty? I do remember that. Not the wisest move. You know, the draft, the thing that, that makes me laugh is the number of guys, like, and I understand it, and it is fun as heck, don't get me wrong. And I love the NBA draft as well. 
But people get, myself included, you know, you get all convinced or worked up over one player versus another. I don't mean in the top four. I mean like later or like in the second round. And then more often than not, Kevin, unless it's your team, it's guys that like you hardly ever hear from them again, right? You know, the people that like in round five, you're looking on Twitter and people are like, I really, really like the left guard from Texas A&M at this position. Uh, uh, Okay. I mean, really? But then again, who's the next Robert Mathis? I get it. I mean, last year, the Colts' best or the most, I think, notable day three pick. Remember we had Luke Fickle on? He was raving about Curtis Brooks. Remember that? Defensive tackle. Called him like their MVP last year on their semifinal team. Curtis Brooks got cut by the Colts like in December. Give me a number 10 to 25. Uh, Let's go lucky 13. 13. Now give me a year... 2010 to 2020, give me a year. Um, let's go 2014. The 2014 NFL Draft. Let's look and see who the 13th selection was. Uh, ooh, nice. Look at you. Who we got? Aaron Donald. Oh, wow. One spot ahead of Kyle Fuller. Well, wasn't he – I thought was he the one Bears spot one. behind Zach Martin? Uh, he was one spot behind Odell Beckham. I remember Zach Martin being around that range, too. How about this? That and that draft was loaded. And that draft, Sammy Watkins, fourth overall. Trade up, right, by the Bills? Yeah, you look at... Remember yesterday we talked to John McClain. He was talking about how Jadeveon Clowney was the biggest no-brainer ever. They took Jadeveon Clowney. Houston did number one overall. Khalil Mack went fifth. Um, like I said, Aaron Donald and Odell Beckham, 13 and 12, respectively. Zach Martin went 16th. Gosh, think about that. Just no-brainer first ballot Hall of Famers at Donald and, and Martin. Give, me one, give me one more year, 2010 to 2020. Uh, let's go 2019. Probably a little early on this draft. 2019, let's go pick 18. 18th pick in 2019. Garrett Bradbury. Vikings, is that right? Center for the Vikings, yep. Can't say I know too much about Garrett's career. He was the 2018 Dave Remington Trophy winner, which, of course, goes to the best center in college football. That, right. that draft, by the way, Nick Bosa, second overall, Kyler Murray, number one. you got to think they're probably like, yeah, boy, you know. All right, we'll do it one final time here. Kevin and Query on Draft Day Rounded Out. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. St. Jude treats children across the country and around the world, regardless of color, creed, or financial capability, because they're committed to love and care for their neighbors. Join me in helping St. Jude give every child with cancer the chance they deserve to survive. Together, we can save more lives. Call now to become a partner in hope. 1-800-411-9898. That's 1-800-411-9898. Cade Wood, or, um, Ked, Ked, Ked Woodley. Woodley. We, we had him on on my old show. He was fabulous. One of the best interviews I've ever done. Now, what is this? Oh, Dominate the foe, my friend. You don't Carolina this? Panthers on the clock. Gosh, Go ahead, no, go I ahead and bump that up a little bit, Mark. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> he had a follow-up called... Uh, he needs to marry that Jacksonville Jaguars coffee. woman. Yeah, she's unfortunately no longer with us. 
Oh, well. R.I.P. Apologies on that. She was great. Uh, Was that Cam Newton? How many heaters did she smoke before that that interview? What's that? How How many many darts is she smoking? (laughs) I know. She was great, though. There there might have been some stuff in that smoke that I don't know (laughs) if it was totally totally illegal on that end. Bryce Young for Frank Reich, right? By the way, you know, there's a million things that say this to be the first number one overall selection for Alabama. They actually had, and I guess if you want to get technical, 1948 in the national, what was it, the national league, before it was the merged NFL, there was one player that was selected number one overall out of Alabama. Um, you think it's going to be Bryce Young for sure, for certain, Kevin? Yeah, sounds like it. Uh, Mel Kuyper just came out with his final mock draft. Mel has got CJ, or, uh, excuse me, Bryce Young and Will Anderson one two, so Houston not taking a quarterback, and then he's got the Tennessee Titans trading up to three to take CJ Stroud. And then who's he have four? He has Will Levis to the Colts. See, I, the problem I have with mock drafts of trades is it's just that's that's prognosticating on prognostication. You know what I mean? Unless he has information where Tennessee said, "Look, we're we're, we're trading up." You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I think that's a difficulty we run into with this draft. You have Arizona, the new GM. He comes from Tennessee. Tennessee has a new GM. Um, so those are just kind of some outliers and some unpredictability to this draft. And each of the top four teams, all with new head coaches. Yeah, that part's interesting. And I guess, how does like D'Amico Ryans from San Francisco look at it? You know, he, he comes from San Francisco. He's now the head coach in Houston. Texans, you know, I guess Deshaun Watson for a couple of years, that's it in their existence of a franchise and any semblance of a franchise QB. Does he look at it, though, from the San Francisco way of things of like, oh, no, we just put a QB into a system? Well, yeah, it helps when you've got Debo Samuel and George Kittle and Christian McCaffrey. You don't have that in Houston. So, how will they operate? Will they go with Will Levis? Like John McClain told us at this hour yesterday. I'm just so glad it's here. Yeah. For many reasons. I don't think you're alone in that regard, right? For many reasons. Mel's, it, Mel's draft, by the way, for the Texans, Anderson at two, and then he's got them taking Anthony Richardson at 12. And then did he have, I thought he had Hooker around that area too. Uh, Hendon Hooker. Or Levis. Was Levis around that area? No, I just said right Levis now. to the Colts. Levis, he's got going. He's got he's got Levis to the Colts, right? Yeah, Levis to the Colts. Hendon Hooker. I'm trying to see. I'm scrolling. Yeah, Hooker's over under in round one is or just overall is 31 and a half. So, so literally, that's, I mean, that's basically asking. Yeah. He's, he's got Hendon Hooker going 31 to the Los Angeles Rams mm-hmm. via a mock trade with the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, I mean, Ooh. see the. The trade stuff to me with Sean a mock. Sean doing some stuff. You remember Sean McVay? Was it last year or two years ago when he was? They didn't. They had like no first. They had no picks Bleep like the first picks, five right? rounds. Remember when he's he was like hammered at some sponsor thing and some player got selected and he started laughing. Oh, it was a Belichick. It was a Patriot, right? Mm-hmm. When he started laughing. Do we have? We don't have that audio, do we? I can't remember the player it was that he was like mocking. He's like, "Did they just take him? We had him in the third round." <laughs> like, you know. Yeah, that was the Super Bowl year when they traded away all those picks, and so was that last year's draft or two years ago? I think it would have been last year, right? They traded away the future picks to go all in. I mean, it paid off, right? Certainly. It is interesting though that he he's 
that's a, a case of, as Matt Taylor was saying, NFL not for long. Sean McVay, two years ago, was the absolute, you know, he was the golden boy, right? And now it's like, eh, okay, he's okay. Yeah, it's kind of wild to think they Definitely. still have staff. And, and a lot of times it... If, if, as an example, you really, oh, really just win. Oh my, UT Chattanooga to the first how round. Hey, where is? How about that? And we wasted our time watching him, thinking he'd be at 104, hey. maybe. <laughs> so now, who was it though? Cole Strange, an offensive lineman yeah. from Tennessee Chattanooga. I'm looking here to see. I have no idea how many games he played last year. I mean, do we know? Like, is he? I don't know. The Patriots, I feel like they have some obscure offensive linemen at times. Uh, so, again, our coverage will get underway tonight, 7 o'clock. 8 o'clock is when things officially get started. I'm guessing the Colts will pick around 8.40 or so, barring no trades. Again, I would turn in the card pretty quickly if C.J. Stroud is there. If you're going to make me pick Richardson or Levis, I'd, I'd give the slight edge to Richardson. By the way, Strange started all 17 games last year. There you go. Doesn't mean he played well, but he started all 17 games. Mark, you got a pick for the Colts? If C.J. Stroud is off the board, which I expect him to be, I say Anthony Richardson is the Indianapolis Colts quarterback. And you're hoping for who for the Bears at nine? I think the Bears trade down, uh, barring Jalen Carter being there. Uh Well, they don't have a pick from from nine until like 52. Really? I was like, there's no way they're going that far without picking again. There's been rumors they might trade with the Steelers at 17. That's got to be one of the biggest drops ever for a number one overall team Mm -hmm. to go that far. Uh, Jake, and you've been pretty steadfast in the Will Levis camp? I still say Levis. I, I... the curveball being, and I'm not trying to hedge. If Stroud's there, I think they take Stroud, but I don't know that he's. I don't think he's going to be there. Uh, I have said all along that I think it's Levis, so I'll, I'll stay with Levis. Yeah, we'll recap all of it tomorrow. Joe Wright's going to join us, um, as Matt Taylor said. Draft coverage as well on Friday. Not sure if we'll be able to get the player on tomorrow, but hopefully sometime next week. Rookie minicamp uh, starts a week from tomorrow, so. Um, the player, in all likelihood, will be in Kansas City tonight. I'd assume would fly to Indy. I would guess early tomorrow morning. You know, kind of do the whole meet and greet around the Colts complex, meet the media. Hopefully, come on with John, and then uh, rounds two and three tomorrow night. It means we're close to the anniversary of the great back when they used to do before they would fly the the guy in and have the press conference basically within immediacy. The conference call on the big speaker phone, calling Edrin James's house. And, again, I don't know if I said the name of the reporter, but the guy answered, Hello, Edrin? Nah, this is Dog. Oh, hello, Mr. Dog. Is Edrin there by chance? <laughs> that reporter has forever become known as Mr. Dog. How that many people in Kansas City tonight? 900,000? Come on. I, oh, I, I just wanted to twist the knife right I was going to say maybe a million. Honestly, I'll bet it's 75. I, I thought I saw that they were expecting 75,000. And I'm like, okay, which means they'll say 500,000 within a year. It's at their Union Station, right? Yep. Yes. Cool city. Uh, so, again, that will be tonight. We'll recap it all tomorrow. Everybody enjoy draft night. Celtics Hawks at 830, the only NBA action tonight. Have a great Thursday. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time.